What's happening, weirdos? This is uh, Topher Grace, who I actually met doing his podcast, which is a very fun new podcast that in uh, good podcast etiquette I want to tell you about. It's called Minor Adventures with Topher Grace. Uh, on our, our episode, we made up a language with the guy from Game of Thrones, which is a, a TV show with realms. There's realms in it. And uh, that was really fun, so check that out. But, uh, you know, don't, don't stop listening to this one. This one's good. I have a couple live dates uh, to plug here up top. couple live You Made It Weirds that I'm actually pretty excited about. June 3rd, I'll be doing a one-on-one live You Made It Weird, just me and Colin Hay. Colin Hay is from the, uh, the group Men at Work, and he's also an incredible solo artist. Um, so he'll be playing some music, and we'll be chatting. So that's at Largo, largo-la.com. Uh, if you're listening to this the day it comes out tomorrow, I'll be at Largo with Rob Bell. I think it might be sold out, but largo-la.com potentially. And, oh man, I guess that's it. Wow, all of these have happened. Thank you to everybody that came out to Brooklyn and to Boston. Those were awesome shows. And uh, I want to give a shout to the Pete's Picks. Man, I'm wearing some of my... <laughs> this is my favorite clothing item right now. It's my MeUndies lounge pants. They're new. They have lightsabers on them and the Star Wars logo. And I've been wearing them day and night. <laughs> They're made from the same amazing, like nine times softer than cotton. I don't know what it actually is. I should look that up. That's, that's a claim. I shouldn't make that claim. Where is it? How many times? I had this note I wrote about it. It's softer than cotton. <laughs> I don't know how many times. They're incredible. It's the softest fabric in the world that I've found. Micromodal fabric. Incredible. And they make incredible underwear, but they also make these lounge pants. And I've, I, I'm living in them. I'm living in them. You guys know this about uh, the Pete's Picks. I only pick things that I absolutely love and use. Uh, and MeUndies is a full closet overhaul for both me and Val. They, I, I, I Boxer briefs. Which kind am I wearing today? Orange. Like a peachy orange. <laughs> they also now they make boxer briefs with a fly for people that like to go through the gate as opposed to over the fence. They also make onesies. I mean, that's my next order. If they make onesies out of this, that's it. Next time you see me at a red carpet, I'll be wearing that because they're incredible. The softest, softest, best fitting underwear. Three times softer than cotton. I found it. Three times softer than cotton. It's unbelievable. And, and the patterns put me in a good mood in the morning. First thing I'm doing, throwing on some, uh, some thunderwear, and it makes me happy. So I reached out to them. I was like, let's get the weirdos in on this. And they said, hell yeah. Go to meundies.com slash weird, and you'll get 15% off. Whew. Fast shipping, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee. That's meundies.com slash weird. If you want to support this podcast, and check out my favorite underwear, lounge pants, and onesies. Uh, also, Kachava, also drinking... I am drowning in Pete's Picks over here. Kachava smoothie. Kachava is a plant-based, superfood, exotic, nutrient-rich drink mix with uh, superfoods revered by tribal countries uh, for centuries. These cultures have found these amazing things. Maca root, wonderful for... Energy, virility, drive, it's in there. <laughs> we made a joke about maca on Crashing, and it's because I love it. 
and Intin Kachava. It's 100% plant-based. They got omega-3s, but not from weird fish that you don't know where they're coming from, from chia and flax seeds. Bam, plants! Eight super fruits, 17 greens and veggies, gluten-free, soy-free, no artificial sweeteners or preservatives, just enough coconut nectar, which is a low glycemic index sweetener, and it's also got uh, coconut milk, powdered coconut milk in there. So I literally just throw a couple scoops. I could do chocolate and vanilla in the same one. Just water. It's good with almond milk too, but you can make it with just water because it becomes creamy because of the coconut milk. It's incredible. It's got adaptogens, 1,000 milligrams of adaptogens, 24 grams of plant-based protein, 9 grams of fiber, but it actually tastes good. That's why I was like, this is a pizza pick. Val likes it. Val doesn't normally like these things. She likes it. Makes you feel like a nutrition overload high that I swear by. Gives you like a happy, healthy feeling. Meal in a pill. Keeps you full for hours. Great for traveling. Great for when I'm making a bottle for Baby Lee and I need to make a bottle for myself. Makes me feel fantastic. Basically, all the Pete's Picks are just things that make me feel fantastic. 20% off. I reached out to them. I was like, let's get the weirdos in. They said, yeah. They said, hell yeah. K-A-C-H-A-V-A dot com slash weird just go there shop like you would you'll get 20 percent off that's it the third one which is also right here on my desk i don't know that's it i don't know how to prove it but it's charlotte's web charlotte's web hemp oil i've been having i don't know i've been having headaches i've been trying to get healthier and i'm, I'm going through like like weird withdrawals sometimes when i'm not eating the garbage that sometimes i like to eat and one of the things i go to right away before i go to like a pharmaceutical or even ibuprofen or anything, Charlotte's Web hemp oil. Because hemp plant, natural, plant-based medicine, it's obviously made from the hemp plant. They use science to remove the THC. THC is what gets you stoned. And they leave the body and brain beneficial CBD. CBD helps with uh, helps me with stress. I really take this a lot when I'm stressed. Uh, if I'm traveling, um, if I'm just under the weight of the world, the weight of the world is what I'm saying. <laughs> it makes me a little bit uh, faster to smile, a little bit quicker to laugh. So it has a mood elevating quality for me, a stress and anxiety reducing quality for me, helps me sleep, helps me rest, but it doesn't take me out of the game. You can still read, you can still work. In fact, I find it helps me with focus. It helps me relax into what I'm doing. So I swear by it and I really want people to try it. The best way, to, it's legal, all 50 states. It's not, it's not an intoxicant. It's just uh, made from a plant that could be used in that way. But it's cwhemp.com slash weird and then use promo code keep it crispy uh, 19. Keep it crispy 19. Uh, I like the original formula. Mint chocolate tastes like a thin mint. Makes you feel better than a thin mint. But they also have uh, balms and creams that you apply topically, which feel fantastic. It just is a great way to get hemp into your wellness routine and it's made by the stanley brothers who are wonderful they grow it in denver it's made for these it's made for the medical purpose it's not just mass hemp so give it a try go to cwhemp.com slash weird promo code keep it crispy 19 and uh support this podcast try a pizza pick that's made my life better that's it toe for grace coming in hot hope to see you at the live you made it weirds coming up we'll have some more tour dates coming up i'm going to be in denver um Denver, San Francisco. I usually say San Fran, but I learned that that's wrong. And uh, where was the other one? Portland for book shows. So I'll be uh, letting you know when those are going to be happening and tickets are on sale. But in the meantime, enjoy Topher Grace, my lovely chat with a lovely man. Get into it.
dude. The guy from Shazam. What do you? <laughs> wait. So you you didn't marry him? I wish. That would be pretty. That would be pretty Shazammy. I'm gonna take these Ooh, off. Comfy. Yeah, you know, just get comfy. I think. I wonder sometimes if people are okay with this format. We didn't always do it on a couch. But I like it. I need to step up from a bed. Right? What do you mean? <laughs> well, you didn't do yours on a bed. You did yours on a couch. For some if reason, I, I was like... I could do yours on a bed, this is more... Um, you could formal. do it on a bed. I, you know, I've said it before, but like the, the American corporate office... We're recording, by the way. We'll just start. Got it. <laughs> so don't say any of your See, lines I have a, I have from your David now. Duke. <laughs> don't, do, go, don't go full Duke. You did kind of have a weird excuse to be racist for a few months because you could go, I'm running lines. Yeah. <laughs> you can't even laugh at that. I'm sorry, because it must have been so touching. It was a lot of work. Yeah, yeah I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was so like, sorry. ha ha funny. <laughs> I'm making light of something that was probably a serious consideration for you. No, the whole thing was such a weird journey because uh, the, getting it was amazing. I mean, yeah. like you go, How did you get it? Well, I had to go read for it because I read the script just to read the new... Uh, see what's going around. Yeah, and I probably thought there wasn't going to be anything for me. Was it rolled into a joint? Is that what that means? (laughs) When you get the script, is it rolled into a Spike Lee joint? Yeah. (laughs) You just kind of like smoke it, and then you go like... Yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah. And Malcolm X was a huge joint. Dude, that was... Yeah, there's been some of them bigger joints than others. (laughs) It was a cigar joint. When I read that Spike Lee joint, I thought... uh, I, actually, when I started reading it, because that character doesn't come in for a while, I was like, oh, there's definitely... I'm not going to play like a hillbilly. I mean, I I would. I just don't think it would, you know... You and I have crossover. You know what I mean? Like certain right. roles we can't play, right? Yeah. They're like, Although yeah. I think I could play you in a movie. <laughs> you could. I would probably play you in the movie of your life, right? I don't know. I think you're... I, I'm not Sorry, was that an your, insult? <laughs> I'm not buttering your bread. No, it's, it's, it's the opposite. I was just talking to Val about um, that 70s show. Which, with respect, I understand you've done a lot since then. So please don't think. Thank you. No, I just had Tom Green on the show, and I was like, I'm so sorry for talking about the '90s so much. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just so sorry. So, like, I just want to acknowledge that that this yeah, isn't yeah. going to be uh, that '70s show. Uh, but we will uh, talk fun. about Tom Green the whole time. Right? We will talk about Tom Green only. By my the way, bum when is that was happening, notes. I remember how fucking great that was. Like, it was a big deal. Un- it was like before the internet, basically. It was the internet on our TV. That's right. That's, that's what right. it was. And uh, but it was awkward. Not awkward. I was trying to not be awkward. It's you made it weird, not you made it awkward. And I didn't want to be like so I anyway, that noted. I was talking to Val about it, so about you playing me. I was like, there was no me on that seventies show. Wait, what? Already you were talking about me playing you? No, no, no. I'm saying on the topic of you playing me, which oh, is what you it. introduced. Wow. I'm saying right. Val and I were talking about that seventies show this morning, because mm. I knew you were coming over. Right. And we just love talking about that seventies show. Yeah, you're always like, dude, like <laughs> Enough. <laughs> we did go. Oh, you were the Ross. Danny was the Chandler. Uh, and we don't have to. No, do no this we know for... who Joey is. No, I, yeah. we used to do and it all the time on the show. We did. Uh, we, which is so highfalutin, but we do the Beatles with the four guys, and we go. Well, let's start with Ringo. Like, sorry, Wilmer. Like, we know who Ringo is. <laughs> but then uh, I remember, but it was a real fight. Is like, well, horny cause, Ringo, because <laughs> Ashton kind of looked like. Um, John, but also was the cute one. <laughs> so right. it was like kind of a... He's Joey. He, he's the well, Joey. That's yeah, a in the Friends. What we always did was Say by the Bell, which was kind of 
an easier. Uh, Were you Zach though? You weren't a jerk. Have you seen Zach Morris's trash? Uh, yeah. Mark, yeah. Mark Paul did this, by the way, and I, I, I was a big stage. I did see that on, on YouTube, yeah. And then it's true. You know what's fucked up is I based a lot of my personality on Zach Morris, I realized, which I was always... But that doesn't read, though. Not now. <laughs> okay. In junior high. Oh, I, I was like, you know, just always have something kind of like smart to say. Oh, my God. I know what you're talking about. That thing in middle school where you're like... Finding humor and your personality at the same time, and right? insisting because you don't have a personality, you're like, I'm going to double down. It's oh, like you, God. it's like you're bluffing. You have no cards, and then all, you're like, I'm going to go all in. Not that I'm a comedian like you, but all of my anything I have is just built on the bones of just bluffing. Of oh, no, just shit oh. I fucked up so many times. You know, like I'd hear. I don't know, Robin Williams at the Met or something. Yeah. And, like try to do some of those jokes. Like, okay, that's not me. Like that's so funny. And then you're living with just all those regrets until I don't know when I actually yeah, it probably hasn't happened yet, but I was gonna say when I actually was funny. Do you know what I mean? Where like or people thought I was funny. Oh, that's funny. Know? Yeah, but you yeah. were you are funny. That's but you had nice to figure yourself out. I it was there was something about I remember because Seven Show happened when I was nineteen. And I, I don't know if we talked about this when you came on my podcast, but I had never audition for anything but like i'd never acted or that was my first right audition. you were in a play so and they saw you when does that happen? in high school uh, what oh, play was never, it never i mean i i don't know anyone who's had my trajectory which is like straight up loser can't get laid on the tv show like i've, I've heard like you know a, a great looking guy who's hot who gets a right. movie or something. Ro- it's a matt bronger but it's that you rollerblade uh topless in the park and you're just in a movie the next week <laughs> like that seems like no disrespect. I, I want to be careful. I, I'd love to make jokes, but it's like no disrespect. I feel like Ashton Kutcher might might have been the rollerblading topless guy. Obviously, <laughs> he, has, he has a lot of talent too. But I'm just saying, he. I'm like, yeah, but you. No, that's how they found. You know that? It was roller skates. More roller skater kind of. It's always weird when you see someone roller skating. We can like outside of the roller rink. We well Central Park. We yeah, love we right. love those dudes. Uh, me that's and Val right. will watch that sometimes. But you know, to take it off of your show, we could say like Joey Lawrence. That that's just another like Wait. I saw him swimming in a pool. Let's do let's do. I want to go back to Say by the Bell because I'm yeah. curious with you. Let's well, work, I was going to say, are you Zach? Let's go backwards into who's Zach. But let's start with I think Ashton has to be Slater. Slater. Yeah. Right. Albert Clifford Slater. Bet you didn't know that. Albert yeah. Clifford. I had a t-shirt idea, which was a air conditioner with his sort of mullet, right? Yeah. And so it's on the air conditioner, and it's saying, which is AC Slater. Yeah, I got that, yeah. You got that. <laughs> but then this is what makes it work. We never made it. I pitched it to College Humor. They did not make it. But there's a, a speech bubble by the air conditioner, and he's saying, cool it, preppy. <laughs> that is what makes it, it work. It wasn't good until that. It's not good until that. No, I know. I get it. It's not good, but when you read Cool It Preppy, you're like... That, there's no way he listens to this, right? I mean, there's absolutely no way. Mario Lopez? Yeah. I think he's... No, I don't think so. All right. I went on Ellen for Black Klansman. At the last minute, they said, hey, uh, Mario Lopez is hosting. And and first of all, I've met him before, He's and I worship that show. I mean, that was our Brady Bunch, probably. That was right? our show, we're yeah. exactly the same age. Like, that was our... You're absolutely right. And... uh. I said, "Hey, I'm such a big fan." It's right there, my notebook. Sorry, I said, "Let me." It already has. Let's do a like a. Thank you, Katie. Bit about you know when you know when you do it when you're going to do a show and you're talking to the producer and they say, "What do you want to do?" Yeah, and I've learned to not just I say, "Hey, let's do this." And I said, one thing I used to do with my friends 
when I was in seventy shows, we'd say which character we were, and I know everyone's last name. That's what I like. It's Lisa Turtle, Jesse Spano. Yeah, like I really. Kelly, I know all of them. Kelly Kovacs. Kelly Kovacs. That's the easy one. With Screech Powers. Samuel Powers. Fuck, dude. You got me. All right. Well, <laughs> what's, whatever. What's <laughs> Mr. Belding's first name? Richard. <laughs> Love it. You so, knew it right away. He, um, so I said, hey, why don't I go through everyone's last name? That I, and just say, man, I'm such a kid because I grew up on a sitcom. Everyone on that sitcom grew up on the, you know, OG right. You know, like six kids hanging out in a high school sitcom, which is yours. Right. And the producer's like, this will be fantastic. And so I got out there. I I did that bit. What did I? No, I said, hey, um, you know, I want to say I'm a huge fan. You know, I was on 70s, but I was a huge fan of Saved by the Bell. That's where it all started from. And he goes like, okay, like, thanks. And I was like, oh. Like, you didn't oh. do the bit? No, no. But And the worst thing is the producer told me. This producer was great because they cut that segment to look so good, but it did not. <laughs> when we did it, it was like, um, well, I didn't know if I should go. You know when they say, like, he's into it, do it. But he's not the regular host, so they don't know him even that well. Right. So I kind of, like, then ventured into, like, and I know everyone's, you know, last name on it. And he was like, okay, like. No. And I, no, no. Really? I, there's more to this. So In I, the I do it. In the m colored studio with jazzed up. Studio yeah, he was audience. kind of giving me a little bit of like, like I'm past that type of energy. Really? I'm happy to always talk about 70s show, but he, whatever. So I did it, and then he goes, so in Black Klansman, you played David, du- I mean, it was like such a hard turn. I was like, all right, and luckily this producer is great, and he cut, cut that part out. But after the segment, by the way, what's <laughs> crazy, I'm remembering, this is, this is the segment before had Tiffany Amber Thiessen on it, because they were cooking together, and they were cooking with... You know, like vodka pasta sauce or something, and they were drinking the vodka. And so after the segment, uh, he goes, uh, "Hey, sorry, man, I think I'm drunk." <laughs> no. And I was like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, I think I, I think I got a little buzz from that." But we still had to go like play a <laughs> like a segment, you know, where we do a game together or something. And I was like, "Oh, like this is like like are you, do you want to just take a you know a couple minutes like." during this commercial break and have some coffee because like I'm on TV too you know like not as loosey goosey as we are an extra you know what I mean like uh, so anyway that is hilarious and then the game we played I mean encourage anyone who's watching this to go watch our thing on YouTube I was just like um (laughs) I mean it's not his fault I guess the guy was drunk took I think they did two shows in a row so maybe that's what it was the show before he'd gotten drunk (laughs) yeah they were cooking with cocaine with Mr. Belding (laughs) Dennis Haskins and him were cooking with cocaine. <laughs> Welcome back to cooking with cocaine. Dude, why am I so upset? And now I get people ask me questions about 70 show and it was so boring behind the scenes. Really, Everyone wants to know what about these shows because it's such an you're innocent well, like when you're watching it. by the it. bell. You want to be like, were you all fucking? And yeah, that's not what I'm asking. Yeah. I'm just, that's what Mark Paul. They were we all talked fucking. About. No, right. All, come on. They were all fucking. We, we actually weren't. It just, I mean, yeah. what's crazy is that Ash and Mila wound up getting married and having kids. And so... That was later. I, I think they fucked. Yeah, <laughs> but that's, I, that's proof. I can't. That's proof right there. They have double proof. But like, I, I, I get but they it. Weren't, I didn't, by the way, this is just for fun. So feel free to fast forward. But they weren't together on the show. No, they weren't. I like, kind of assumed they were reheating something. No, 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 no. Like a like a Kim no. M and M thing, where it's like you're the only one that knows me. No. before I was I swear, Steve Jobs. <laughs> I swear to you, they. 
it wasn't even a thing. She was way young when we started, like way younger than the rest of the group. Oh, that's right. I forgot about and it that. It was just not like, it's actually really sweet because it's like someone you were just buddies with in high school, like platonic yeah. friends that you meet yeah. later in life and they're both so successful, but they, but they, you know, share this kind of like high school experience. So I, I'm like thrilled about it. But at the time it was nobody, the ratio was off on that show too. So no one was with anyone like... And you know it what? No more... one even got with any of the guest stars or anything. It was so fucking boring. Yeah, it was. And it was also was... a lot of work. You know, we were. I I when I was I wrote on a multicam, and I remember on tape nights. What'd you we, write on? It was called "I Hate My Teenage Daughter." Right. It was on Fox. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, I know. I, I love that show. That. What was? Uh... Get out of! I don't need you to love that show. <laughs> Good. All right. <laughs> I only brought it up to say Who's I had experience. Who's in it? Oh, what's her name? <laughs> you wrote on it. I love it. She was. A playboy playmate, Jamie. She was the daughter. No, the daughter was really. I hate my teenage daughter because she's in Playboy. (laughs) No, the mom was in Playboy. Oh god, her name was Jamie Presley. Is was the lead? Do you know who that is? I do. Okay, yeah, that was my experience. But the reason I brought that up. Who was the daughter? The daughter was Christy Lauren, who who was wonderful. I I so she hated her daughter. They, you know, it was the, the the conceit was that you know teenage girls are the worst. All right. I think I think the showrunners who I love, uh, Sherry and Ellen, were like part of the reason they sold the show was because the title was funny. But yeah, it, yeah. But yeah. then in the there execution, was a couple of shows like that. It, you know, like my dad says crazy shit or Cougar Town. It's the classic. <laughs> it's the Cougar Town. It's like that show is not about. Dude, let's just come up with what's our show. We'll sell it right now. Dude, what's the craziest name. I've known people that sold movies based on titles. And sometimes you see that. I just saw, I was on a plane and I saw a movie called um, Escape Room. And I was like, someone said we need a movie called Escape Room. Dude, I got one right now. Do it. Instead of bromance. Homance. Can I? My manager is always like, please write a movie called Frenemies because you could sell it. (laughs) Called Frenemies. And I was like, I I think he's right. There's like, it'll be an airplane movie. What, what, homance or... Homance? Yeah, instead of bromance, it's oh, homance. I'm sorry, buddy. I was thinking when you said that, please forgive me because homance is funny. Yeah, okay. So what's homance. it about? But the problem with it is. Let's make gonna, this real right like, now, Pete. It's going to look like homance. Homance? <laughs> <laughs> like it's going to look like a French movie. Right, that's like the Oneidas or something. It's yeah. the sequel to Green Card. All right, well. But okay, so the reason I brought up that I worked on a multicam was that we used to drink on show night, not heavily, mm-hmm. but would have a little bit to drink, especially towards the end. Mm. Because we're pitching alts and stuff, we were working hard. Yeah. But I remember there was more of a party atmosphere on a lot, on a multicam. So there was even none of that. Like you guys wouldn't celebrate. No, there was. Uh, it was actually a lot of the. I mean, I guess we were becoming adults, but a lot of the adults were having more of a fun time. I'm sure on Friday nights at the beginning, and then towards the when end, when they yeah, would yell great. "dance children" at you guys. Yeah. Well, they call us meat puppets, but like <laughs> same vibe. But we'd be over by, you know, craft service slash, you know, the fancy stuff they bring out on Friday night. And by the end, it was great. We'd, we'd gotten good at it. Like, I mean, I never acted. Ashton never acted. Laura had never acted. Yeah. Like, Wilmer had never spoken English. It was like, <laughs> we really had to, for the first three or four years, we had to really, like, concentrate to, like, figure. I'd say by year four, we were, like, relaxing. Because truly nothing. Oh, the you t- need time to get better at it. Yeah. Terry Turner, who, who created that show with his wife. And Mark Brazil. Uh, this is Bonnie and Terry Turner. They wrote like Wayne's World and Tommy Boy. And like, so it was incredible to then I be on a show. I a guy with a, in a little coat to my baby every day. 
veil. Fat guy in You're a not little Pete. You can't do it. Coat. You can do tall guy in a... In a <laughs> no, I don't do it. I, I, I make her the fat guy. Oh, got it. Okay. I move her arms, and then I, I twist... I, you know, I, don't, I cross them, and I go... <laughs> and she laughs. Can you imagine, though? So Farley is still killing with babies. Oh, dude, I mean... Can you us. imagine being... Like, what we were in high school, what those movies were. Oh, I know. And then they were doing Third Rock from the Sun, which I thought was like, that's a brilliant conceit for a... I mean, it's one of the most They're brilliant conceits. They're good at high concepts. Yeah, very high concepts. Because believe it or concept, not, yeah. to the listeners, I know you believe it, that 70s show was like, what? I know. Like, 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 <laughs> I know. It's the 70s? No, and they're smoking pot, which was like right. 20 years ago. It was like, we had to cut some stuff out of the pilot because that's how they you? invented that shot because they were like, we can't show it, but we have to... Uh... And then they made us reshoot it because it had too much smoke in it. And then once it was a hit, they probably like put in more. <laughs> but they, uh, they, what was, man, I knew this was going to happen with you. I knew this was going to happen what? on What's your happened? podcast. Is you, Even when you came on my podcast, it's like, there's so many fun asides with you. Just have them. It's Aside <laughs> it up. We're like four asides in. I know. I don't even know what we're talking about. We're talking about Stay by the Bell. <laughs> we are. Well, you know what the first iron in the fire is? And I do want to hear you speak to this. When Val and I were talking about it, there was no me on the show, meaning I don't think you could play me. And I was going to say, not to butter your bread too much, you're you're too good looking. I love that, but I don't and think you're right. Yeah, you're like, too. So there was no what I was in high school was the like I would have been like a weird, wacky auxiliary character on that show. Well, you don't have to be on that '70s show. I can still be an actor <laughs> who plays you. Yeah, I guess that you know. the thought of you playing me made me think. No, of, I'm playing you in a serious drama. <laughs> Where it's like, it's not funny. Do you know what I mean? He's like trying, like the king of comedy type of It always drama. cuts yeah. before I get on stage, but it's just the brooding and the anxiety. And it's like, uh, have you seen Punchline, the Tom Hanks movie? Yeah, The Lockers. I watched it recently and I was like, oh man, I get it now. And I think it's true of all, I mean, you know better than me, uh, your show excluded, but most people who aren't comedians who are playing comedians, yeah. is that they don't hire some comedian to say, just give me all your fucking stuff, right? Like, come give right. me your things. Because Punchline, it's like, it's, it just, it's, it's like, like a montage whenever right. you go. I mean, Tom Hanks is so great. Offstage, he's wonderful. But when he goes on stage, it he's has, like doing an impression of a fake comedian. It's stand up. Yeah. And it has to work because it's, it's for the story. It works. It's in the plot. That, and that's what's that so fake kills. about it is that. And then he yeah. has to go up and be like, sofa, you know. Also, I mean, is, is a couch really sofa? <laughs> I mean, is there a lot of fa going on? Fa's noodles. I've Dude, that's never, better than what they were doing. Although, you know what? It. There are some noodles in my couch. They just Applause have, break. They just have like <laughs> uh, music playing, and he's just, you know, you can't hear what he's saying. He's right. like acting stuff right. out. Well, I, I remember. Funny People was good. There's good shit in Funny People. Well, that's, I mean, that, that's Judd's whole thing is trying to, and succeeding, I would say, but if capture I, If I did it, and I, I don't know how to do that, could you, could I buy that from somebody? Buy someone's act? Or, I don't know. Buy like some of it? I mean, I'm sure that's like, a dirty thing to suggest, but so. like, it's can't better, you say like, just it's give better me Dustin Hoffman to do someone else's material that already exists. So we know you're in, in this. Oh, what fake, did Dustin Hoffman do? He did, um, Lenny Bruce. So he was just uh, doing Lenny's. But what if it's a fictional character? Yeah. I mean, then you really need to do, I, I think you're absolutely right. You should buy bits that someone has done, but would retire and give to the movie. Right. So you don't want to ask someone to write for you because you're going to get their shitty, like, new things that, like, maybe aren't great. But... Well, I think the problem is really is, like, you give it to uh, an actor. Most stand-ups that I know, that I love, are going to have the premise and they're going to kind of work with it. 
You know, so if you just say it like a monologue, it won't work. But if you had someone that like knew how to play with mm. the tension of sofa, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, that one I'm taking, bro. It's all like, where do you smile might be the joke in that. You know what I mean? It's pretty, it's, it's not that nuanced, but it is very instinctual. So I think that would be the problem. I, I get really scared about playing people that are musicians and people that are comedians because it's just, it's so, uh, it's so hard to imitate what they do. I would believe that you were a comedian though, because you're very, uh, I don't want to say you're serious, but you are pretty serious. And a lot of comedians are like that. (laughs) Meaning we can turn it on and be like, hello folks. But like backstage, we're like, I specifically said no cube. I just, I just don't have the, (laughs) I don't have the other part. I have the serious part. Yeah, but we could write that. I can do someone else's. I I had guilt for a long time. That you didn't Uh, do stand up? No, that I was getting credit for other people's jokes, because especially because there was a live audience and these people. Oh, who I know. Were, well, I would fly. I'd be one of the guys flying in those lines. And then when I kill with them, then I get the credit for it. Yeah. I mean, and it's and there's a lot of dum dums like like us that watch Saved by the Bell, and I just thought Mark Paul Gosler was was like so Zach Morris. You know, I it was fifteen Jewish men <laughs> behind that, yeah. dude, and some and some Jewish women. I'm not close minded. There were some Jewish. Saved by the Bell, man. I actually don't know. I it was Peter Engvall. You look so. at those plots. There's no way women were writing that. It was like, how and do then I? Zach says, "Up yeah. with miniskirts," and flicks a lit cigarette at <laughs> Kelly. I don't know. Yo, Mama. Hey, Mama. But you know, I dude, I, I thought that's what high school was gonna be. <laughs> I thought I was gonna be like, I gotta find the muscly guy, and I gotta find the dweeb. My relationship <laughs> right, with Earn, who was the three hundredth episode of this, he was like my screech, and I've apologized to him many mm-hmm. times. I'm like, he did. It wasn't. I don't think it was necessary, but I was like, I'm sorry that my dynamic of friendship was based on a TV show. I wasn't like, I didn't bully him or anything, but it was so clearly you're like... You're just condescending. You're like, this is my... This is my screech. Pecking order. You know yeah, what I mean? No, like, we yeah. did popularity polls. I think oh, we talked Jesus. about it on the 300. And I was like, I'm like a eight and you're like a six and a half. But then we were like, Matt, he's a 10. Like, we, I wasn't the top of the pile. Oh, man, that is... I, I'm going to leave. <laughs> What? I was in sixth grade. No, I know. I feel, I feel it like was everyone. The worst. People who do what you and I do, right? And like I said, there's a cross section, and I think what we do a little bit. I mean, you're much better at some things, but like you're so humble. I'm going to give you a special hat you can wear for the podcast, where like you are talented <laughs> and enough. Who me? Yeah, and valuable. Oh no, I was just saying there's certain things you could do. No, I know. Just a lot I, more I could. I probably. don't mean this to embarrass you. I'm just like you're. You're. You are like me. I'm going to use the word diplomatic. Mm. here's what I'll do too, especially my therapist calls them Mm pop-ups where I'll go like one of the problems I had with black Klansmen, not that I could write a movie that's that extraordinary. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't just tell you, (laughs) and that's not me saying I have a problem with black. I just wouldn't. Well, I'm not doing that because I don't have a problem with you. (laughs) I'm just saying you're better at, you know, comedy and stand up and stuff. You're very, but I do think there's a cross. I'm feeling a sweetness. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) There's a sweet. It's not, no, there's an insult. uh, (laughs) Just let it get there. But uh, I think a lot of guys who are like that would watch Zach Morris and Bill Murray and Han Solo and Marty McFly and in that generation. Bill Murray. Yeah. Fat guy in a little coat. That's Bill Murray. Oh, is he Chris doing, Farley doing is Bill doing Murray. a little bit Bill Murray. I didn't know. Not, what is that from? It's just his voice. He's like, I'm oh. Bill Murray. Like, that's how he sang. Oh, well, yeah. Well, he grew up watching that's SNL with him on it. This yeah, isn't exactly. to out Farley. I'm just saying, isn't it crazy that even our heroes 
were leaning on their heroes. Oh, yeah. I remember when... Little coat. Bob Odenkirk was on Third Rock from the Sun, and I had just... Someone given me a VHS. There was no YouTube. You know, you couldn't find Mr. Show. Like, I'd missed it. Mm -hmm. And then someone gave me, like, a VHS with six episodes on, and it was like that... The last time you'd have a mixtape or something. Yeah. And I went insane for that show. I mean, it was like... And it was just the right time, because I was on TV, and yet I was like, but is there a way to... You know, you're like looking to subvert it. It's the beginning of that. Like, how do I do something a little different? Right. And it's such a network show. So that was everything to me. And then we found out he was going to be on, they knew him from SNL because he used to, Bonnie and Terry run SNL when uh, Bob was writing for Chris and doing all that stuff. Oh, wow. So I found him backstage and I like attacked him. And I, I mean, I could tell he was like, oh, you're one of the ones who's like seen Mr. Show. And, you know, and I remember it was my first time I'd met one of my like true idols, not like someone else's idol, but one of like my idols. Yeah. And he said, "Oh, that's just Flying Circus." I was like, "What's Flying Circus?" <laughs> it was like the, I was like nineteen or something. I was like, "What is like?" I've kind of heard of that, and then I went into that, and I realized he was just, yeah, you know, doing hit that's filtered through Bob Odenkirk and David Cross. That's you know, Flying Circus. Right. It's like ballet there's only so many moves just arrangements that's right. so i feel like even with stand-up a lot of times that's why i never would feel like because that's when you're about to bomb or lose relevance or something so i don't think i have stand-up figured out but at a certain point oh, it does. when people say they have it figured out that's when it's over oh if you just think you're funny before you go out on stage i think you're in oh, deep wow. shit you need to believe that you're worthy to be up there and that you can do it you know, you have to have the confidence of a pilot. You're like, I land planes. But if you're like... But you have to know you could kill I'm everyone. The I'm yeah, you need to go like... You know, like before a flight, the, the, they'll say to the pilot, like, uh, 254 souls on board. Right. You know what I mean? You need to do that with the crowd. They should say that to a comedian. That'd you need to great. go, there's 254 souls out there. Because if you just go like, this is what... Like, if I'm feeling anxious and insecure before a set, probably a good set. Because well, I need it. that's good, because I've seen the people you're talking about... That there's, come out that just like nothing worse. You can suck it. I'll let you. Uh, no, no, I, I haven't. <laughs> I know what you're talking about, and sometimes no, that, that works weirdly with the crowd. You know, it that sure kind of can. like extra. It depends on where they are in the like show. A, yeah, exactly. With like a bad crowd, kind of, but yeah. like with like a dumb crowd, essentially, that really works, right? Yeah, yeah. Sure. But like what I, and I've never tried it. I wouldn't have the balls. But just as a audience member, it is soul sucking. It is like 254 souls out there. Like, yeah. I don't think there's any worse feeling than watching someone bomb at stand-up. Like, if oh, you're not you're a stand-up. All, you know, you oh say we God. bomb. Really, I mean, the, the comedian bombs. Really, everybody bombed. Oh, like, yeah. we just You all, take that whole plane down with yeah, uh, the everyone. Nobody yeah. enjoyed it. Nobody was like, that was my, that was my favorite. Oof. So we're, that, I like saying to the audience, too, I'm like, we're all on the same page, especially if I'm the first one. I'm like, right. we all want this to go well. It's a little group hypnosis but you're just like, no, we're after the same thing. Like you, yeah, that's want funny. I really sense that in your your energy. I mean, that works yeah. with your energy, right? Like, that does work with me, with who I am, and it took a long time to figure that out. So, tell me about because you were figuring... going up there, you were up on stage, like time out, and then like talking, and I'm making everyone freeze. Like... <laughs> I mean, I do owe a debt to that that silly show. No, that's what I think. All those Not protagonists that, that were just... funny and made us feel cool watching them. Like, I mean, Marty McFly for me was a big one. Where I... McFly, and then, but then I was at school trying to, you know. I don't know. You know, you're trying to do them first, right? Right, of course. I mean, that's what everyone's doing. They're doing something else, and then they find their Did own. Did we thing. talk about this? And then, when you do comedy for a while, then you go home for Thanksgiving, and you realize all your funny friends are still just doing somebody. 
Oh. Like, oh, you're doing Jim Carrey, which is fine. But like, why would they ever update the file? Like, I was at a, a <laughs> at a party recently, and it had been I have a- friends like that in Hollywood. What are you talking about? Of course, they're not. They're not back home. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I think with acting, maybe there might even be more of it. There's such a premium on like if you're going to do stand up to really sound like yourself, or the, at right. least there should be. Oh no, in acting, it's more. I think you get paid more. To, I mean, I know you get paid more to, to do the same thing over and over again. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's really scary. Do you feel that? Do people want you to be kind of high and tight? Oh, well, when to circle back, when you're like, I'd love, I'd love to put my hat in the ring for David Duke. Just everyone around me was like, I don't know, man. I thought it was brilliant casting. Because, oh, I mean... That's in retrospect. Want, you know what we, I mean? Like, I know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I don't know if I would have been like... By the way, I, it wasn't, no one cast me. I had to go read for it yeah. and like lobby for it. And you know, Spike didn't... <laughs> didn't, when I you don't read think he was it, a big was fan there, of 70. Though? He was like, dude, 70 show, just got to ask you a couple questions. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Was he there, though, when you read? Oh, I went and read for him. So uh, it was a hot read. I don't I don't read a ton, so it was like, uh, it was... Meaning you got offers. My uh, Yeah, but but to our point, for, some, for things that I don't want, uh, right. especially at that time. So <clears throat> I kind of said, no, I want to... Uh, the, the past couple movies I've made tapes for or read for the director because they're all things that I have never done. And it's on me to kind of show a proof of, con- of you know, <laughs> which, whatever it's going to be. Which shows that you're probably living an interesting life. Meaning you're not just like, oh, I'll just do this because I love going to Cabo. But I'm not as rich as I could be. Yeah, I mean, right. it's it's really a trade-off. Like, How rich are you? I'm just kidding. I'm, you know, obviously very rich from the show. <laughs> But uh, I could be like, you know, more, a little bit more rich. Well, you know? tell me about no, because I'm in an interesting position, too, because my show just went away. Mm-hmm. And I'm like sort of learning the art of no. I'd love to hear what you... First of all, your show is great. Thanks, man. I was hoping for that. I think I I really... I mean, I, look... Can I, you Google Topher Grace Networth real quick? Wait, wait. It's, <laughs> it's not accurate. But like, uh, uh, but I... I um. I think there's a, a Freaks and Geeks was on when we were on. Freaky Geeky. Yeah. And it's like, that was to me, like, I mean, I loved working on 70 Show. I loved 70 Show and the writing was, but there was, they were going for something different yeah. on Freaks and Geeks was so great that it had to be canceled. You know what I mean? And right. I feel like the same that way about your show. was the more ambitious 70 Show. That's well, not, yeah. that's not to put that 70 no, Show. No, no, that's literally what I'm saying. Yeah. I just think. Uh, it was the black, it was more of a Topher Gray's now choice. Like maybe, you'd like yeah. to be in something like that. Well, yeah, you got to do. It's right. You got to do the other one first. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but then and whatever happened to anyone on that show? You know? Freaky geeky. My God, <laughs> that's a cast. But like, <laughs> but I do think. Uh, See, you're just you're naturally funny. We talked about that when I did your podcast. You dude, remind you, me of when Zach Galifianakis. When you, this is who the reason just I'm here. says like I'll have a ham sandwich, and people are like, <laughs> this is the reason I'm here, dude. Okay, get into it. Um, first of all, I'm here to cross promote. My podcast. You don't say the name of it, though. Nice, uh, Minor Adventures. Yep. Uh, which you were nice enough to come on, and you were hilarious. And Please. thank you. Literally, you're one I of the. Happy to do it. We when we leave the room, we kind of go. Was that like an A episode or B episode? And that was like an A episode. Oh, thanks, man. Um, you want to tell the people what you did on yours? Yeah, we made a language with the guy from Game of Thrones. That's right. There's a different adventure every week. Yeah. And the guy who wrote but Dothraki two, came in. There's two parts though. Oh, we should have started this off with me saying Suni. Oh my God. I forget it. You though. forget. Oh, fuck, man. And then I go na na or something. <laughs> we came up with a, a language. We and made I a language. It. The guy wrote Dothraki. He's writing the language for Dune. Yeah, and he Dune Raki. 
And Dune Rack, yeah, he's not. <laughs> and then that he original. drinks Dozakis. So, I mean, he's just doing anything <laughs> that, that joke, sounds like Akis. That joke bombed with him so hard. He did not yeah. like it. Although he was a good sport. I thought he, he was, was going to be like too serious about it. We came up with a language that only we speak to each other. Yeah, and I just. You, you can brush it. up when the podcast comes out. I'll brush but up. But only we speak it to each other at Hollywood parties. So we can talk about. Like, who's a douchebag? Who's, who's a douche? Like- <laughs> and, like, yeah, that, that was basically what we wanted to be able to say. Anyway, that was, you know, we've but done it's two things. parts because the first part you do just chat. We chat, so for, you kind of get both flavors. We we cut that down to like you about did? ten minutes. Oh, did no, you really? with all of them, we just got a little taste. Oh, like well. Whitney Cummings came on, and we did. We talked to her for a little bit, and then we hooked her up to a lie detector. Uh, oh, that's fun. The second week, Paul Shear came on, and we did uh, telemarketing together. So we kind of oh wow check in with people, and then we go do this. Because um, I thought our chat, but that's why I do a chat podcast. Because I really like that part. Okay, so okay, yes, that is why I'm that's here. Not, I'm not going to say why did you edit it. I'm just saying in our chat that's why part. I this way, I sometimes that's the part I'm not as comfortable with. I'm not you as good were a host great at it. with you. I was with with someone who's you know I think the sign of a great host is with someone who's difficult to talk to. You know, pulling stuff out of them. That's not my forte. Right. But first of all, I could have gone forever. Like we didn't even need to start the awesome adventure. Like it right. was so great talking. Yeah. And what I've realized is because like. Um, Chelsea Preddy came in and we took the Myers Briggs test together. That's one oh, that's of them. Fun. Um, Neil Brennan came in and we did like a seance. It was great. He's so um, <laughs> cynical. It was like so amazing. But I'm meeting a lot of comedians who are people I that I admire that I wanted to have on my show. And I probably, you know, watching a show, I always like was like, I think I'd get along with that guy. And, oh, that's nice. You know, uh, people like that. And I get to make the call on who. Uh, well, that's that's the number one in. reason to have a podcast. I think you're right. I the, didn't know that when I went to do it. F- yeah. I think my five, I'm going to, let's be realistic, Peter. I'm talking to myself. I'm going to say three of my closest friends, like family friends, like emergency contact friends. Came from doing a podcast. Came from doing my podcast. Oh, you know, that's lovely. Uh, Well, it could be one of two things. What do you mean? Like you knew no one beforehand. I suppose. I'm not, I don't know what it is. I like, and, and maybe you could speak to this. I like that our job has a social element. So like the some of my writers, right? Not my writers. The people that I wrote on Teenage Daughter with right. are still friends of mine, right? right. And that's cool. Uh, and then stand-up, obviously, the majority of my friends were comedians. Right. And then I started doing this, and you start meeting other people that yes, are also that are outside of your... I had no reason to meet Jillian Bell. Yeah. But I've, I, I'm like such a huge fan of hers, and she came on, and I was like, oh my God, she really is... Yeah. It's also like a little list I have of like who I do and don't want to work with in the future, like... and. I well, this is the smarmy thing is that you're like you are having fun meetings. I, I don't look yeah. at it that way, but like a lot of times, you're you're talking and bonding with somebody that you might work with at some point, which is fun. Well, that I hope the not, odds go up. You know, knowing up. each other, but you know? really, what I didn't expect was your soul and and who you are is fed because you're talking to people that aren't. What is the Hollywood? you know, trope is that we all get up our own assholes because all we do is talk to other actors and ask what diets they're on. You know what I mean? And then you're talking to an author or you're talking to an astrophysicist or you're talking to a musician. Well, I I did have that feeling with you. And to be honest, with a lot of these comedians who I haven't talked to, I've been a little bit scared of comedians uh, because I had a, it kind of came from this place where I had a fear of the writers on 70s show. I mean, they were lovely people. Oh my God, like the comeback. Did you watch the comeback? The comeback was uh, Linda Wallum was a writer on 70s show. Really? Uh, so I think a big chunk of that kind of Dude, show. That's kind of a weird, because that is the tension that I didn't even consider when I was a writer. 
I was afraid of the actors, but of course the actors are like, you guys write what we say. I had no idea there would be any sort of, not nerves, but even just respect. They'd go like, he's one of the writers. Well, Neil said a nice thing to me because I kind of brought this up to him and he was like, because I would hang out with him back in like the 2000s with him and Mike Schur and like Seth Meyers. And I just sit there like, oh my God, I'm like crazy thing is at that time I was like visual more visible than them. Yeah. And I was like, these guys are like yeah. geniuses. You That's know, what am I doing helpful here? is like thinking real it humanizes people is what I'm saying. Is when you yeah. uh, um trying to think Adam Scott just did this podcast and he was talking about how he's still super feels the same as when he started. And you're like, that's so weird, but it's so helpful that when I see Adam Scott, I'm like, don't talk to him. Don't bother him. (laughs) And he's like, just another guy. That's a beautiful thing is to realize, of course, everyone's a little bit anxious. Of course, everybody's a little bit self-conscious. I'm sure, you know, Johnny Depp has to have days where he's just like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that guy. I (laughs) I picked a bad example. That's a a bad example. I picked a bad example. (laughs) But I'm sure Tom Hanks has. Like, I'm days. sure Vin Diesel has days where he's, uh, Vinny you know, triple X man. I actually feel the vulnerability in Vin Diesel. I think that's one of the reasons why he works is because he's. I don't like want to get off on this tangent. Weekend. He's not worth that tangent. He's like, worth it. No, Vincent, you're worth it. But I, I is he a listener? I, I, he's a big listener. I am. Um, he's a big everything. Anyway, I, what I loved about you, I think maybe the most, but then of a bunch of these comedians that I've now had a chance to. That I would, if I saw them at a comedy club, I'd never go up and say hi because they're like right. gods. Like they can go up and do it and it's their own stuff. And like right. I really respect it so much. That's got to be the insecurity, yeah. Uh, that I have? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. That I, actors I, might have. Neil said something on the show, which is really Brandon. great, which is he said, you know, he's like, you're right. Like, you know, it's, it is amazing what Neil can do. Right? Do you know what I mean? Like you look at Chappelle's show, it's like, yeah. uh, but he said, um, but there's nothing better than an actor that respects writers. Yeah, and I thought, oh, maybe I don't have to be, you know, for what I do, that's a, you know, that's a powerful thing to not walk to the writer and say, this isn't funny, man, like funny right. it up or whatever right. the, whatever they were saying to you on the, whatever right. Jamie Presley was saying to you on the. Oh my god, what was no. the best note you got on that show? No, they were nice. I, I, I really loved if I could fly in a line and then watch it score. It, it didn't hurt like I thought it might. I thought it might be like that's my laugh. Oh, Those I are see. My jokes. Yeah, that's I actually what, really yeah. like. You feel like you did your job. There would be a lot of times when we would be in the room, and if you just got the the blow, I know you know what a blow is. It's the last joke of a scene because you want to go out on a laugh. It's a multicam. Oh, I was told something totally different. What a blow is. <laughs> well, I gotta, I gotta make a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> Those writers if, really took advantage of me. If we if we wanted to end the day, it might be three o'clock, and if we get the blow, everyone can go home. I love those stakes. That's what's that. That's what felt like stand up to me. Was right, like right. here's some pressure, and that's what I liked about a multicam. Did you like doing it though? Because let me mm. put this to you. On one hand, there's a lot of people in Hollywood. Somebody actually just emailed me and was like, "Pete, next show you do, you got to do a multicam." And I was like, wow. "Sounds like he was old. Whoever was saying he was that, an yeah. older fella, yeah." <laughs> and it, yeah. but they next show you do, guys, you have to go back in time to when there were multicams <laughs> and do one. <laughs> you made a lot of money. <laughs> But a lot of people that do them, uh, Anna Ferris is mm-hmm. somebody that comes to mind, like loves the lifestyle because you're like, you rehearse and then you're done. Oh, look, but then the lifestyle also, is it, man. I mean, that's the, that's there it. are a lot of great things, but that was the best part. But are we, then I hear Mike Birbiglia's voice, right? Do you know Mike? He's I, I met him, yeah. He goes, 
are we really on this planet to have like a great lifestyle? Like sometimes maybe we are, but it no. sounds like you're at a point where you're like, I want a freaky geeky. I want a black Klansman. I want to do stuff. I totally agree. That with, I can. I'm not sure my wife agrees with me on this, but I personally, um, it's like, I mean, it's turning 40 or something. You'll find out in a couple months. I just turned. Oh, you did. Oh, happy birthday. Got when was it? March 30th. Oh shit. All right. Well, there you go. Here I am. Um, it started happening to me before, but it's like, I don't even mean this in a negative way. I'm just going to die. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, I'm just going to die in a couple of years. Like, I can maybe work what? That's what Gerard Carmichael said. When 30 he pitches more a show, he goes, we're all going to die one day. That's <laughs> so how it starts? We, yeah. So wow. he's like, can we do something that we're proud of? Right, right. So right, right. I think one of the sirens, and... Uh, when I, I say it wanna... to some people, they don't get it, but you're totally getting what I'm saying, which is... I, I, have, my, I have my Ryan Holiday coin. Do you want to see it? Oh, my God. He gave it to me when he did this podcast. It's really lodged This really helps. I, he sells these stoic coins. Stoic yeah, you want to have a... And it says, memento mori. <laughs> Remember <laughs> that you die. You could leave life right now. You could leave life right now. Guess what, dude? You just reading that. I've considered starting this podcast with a reminder that we'll die one day. I think people take it the wrong way. What a I'm trying to say do. is like... I, I, I no one, it. no one listening to this podcast doesn't know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> this, this is this is the that's right. We're aware that we're going to die, and that's okay. Podcast. No, it's also like <laughs> you know what was the whole point? That was Actually, the first title. <laughs> instead of saying, <laughs> we went to the iTunes top four thousand with that title. <laughs> instead of saying what we all know, which is we're going to die, and let's do. What I'd love to know is what people who don't think this are thinking. I think it, I can't figure it out. I've really been thinking about it a lot lately. Like, what is the thing that makes someone do their 800th thing that's the same? They Trauma. hate doing it. Trauma. Trauma. Okay. I so, think a lot of people, this is my theory. Let's yeah. talk about it though. I think some people consider it maybe a luxury to navel gaze and go, like, let's, let's do something adventurous or whatever or, or for meaningful. And they go, like, wow, to me, I, I, this is just a hypothesis. I want to go on great vacations. I want to eat great food. I want to like... Well, you're be- unique in being kind of a happy comedian, right? Isn't that like... The, I think so. Yeah. That's like... Is that weird for you? Being a happier comedian? Yeah, around unhappy people? Well, honestly, uh, I almost said dude. Do I say dude too much? Honestly, dude. <laughs> like, Yeah, that's not working. That out. is helping me, me with having other types of artist friends helps me... And this brings us back to the art of no. And I'd love to hear how you choose your projects and stuff. Is like, um, you see, so Rob Bell, who's an author, is just a guy that I go, oh, some people have figured it out. He turns down a lot of money to be the architect of the life that not only he wants to live. So it's not just like meeting his sense desires. He's not just like, right, right. Oh, I just want to smoke weed in a hammock. Right. Oh, okay, that that's like a beginner's right. dream. <laughs> Later, you're like, well, how can I spend time with my family? Okay, I like this, but I also like touring, but I like talking about this. So can I do a tour where I'm talking about that? And it's like, yes, right. you can. And, right. and Okay, so I get this. I get what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. That's what I get. What I don't get is what uh, people are doing when they're clearly talented. They're unhappy with what they're doing. You're in, you're out. Yeah. What? And you said it's trauma, so then you're on to something. But I think it's, they're afraid. It's afraid almost, of what? <sighs> I mean, like they have all the money in the world. Like, yeah, they could get another 15 mil, but it's like, it doesn't even matter. Right. And well, that, still, we're they, back to Ryan Holiday. He's like, money, so much of this. So these are real happiness architects, right? So, oh, Ryan Holiday, yeah. you should read some of his stuff if you're interested. Ego is the enemy. 
the perennial seller. These are these are explorations of these ideas. At a certain point, you're just adding a number to your bank account. The number I believe is seventy thousand oh, dollars. Yeah, did you read that New York Times article that was it was a couple of years ago that was about was it a joint? The happiness. Uh, yeah, it was a NYT joint. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we need to be more hip. It's now a New York Times joint. And it just gets like, it comes to you on your microwave or something. Like yeah. while you're microwaving something, the article comes through. And you're, like, Easy Mac. Do you, uh, uh, it's, it was something about if you're, I think it's 70, the happiness 000. quotient. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I There's a certain amount that most people are happy If you have $70,000, you're okay. Annually, you're saying. I think in the bank. Oh, okay, got it. Like if you have, I kind of forget what the amount was. But it blew my mind that above that people are unhappy, and below that people are unhappy. But this yeah. is what Ryan said to me. He's like, at a certain point, you realize, uh, and he really helped me understand this. It's like the joy should be in making the thing, and this is real Stoic philosophy. It's like you should do something that okay, I get gives it. You, you keep telling me what I know. I, I love know. it. I know this. So what are the other people doing? What well, is the fear? Other it's got to be fear. fear of what though? I can't losing it out. relevance, which is fake. Boom. That's what it is, dude. That is what it is. Let me tell you something. You're right. I think Jason Alexander, no disrespect, please do the podcast and, and talk to me about it, does a KFC ad because there's part of him that's like, I just want to be in people's living rooms. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You're right. Right? And I know essentially in the sense that doing uh, the past couple of movies, I did like a Kate Blanchett movie with Robert Redford. It was amazing. It didn't really open. But the but the process of making it was like the best of my life. And yeah. I still look at it with a lot of pride. I did this. Well, do you know what Brad Pitt's favorite movie, your buddy Brad Pitt, <laughs> mm-hmm. his favorite movie is Jesse James. I don't think Jesse. I was going to say the other movie I did was obviously now not his favorite movie. I guess. Which one's was, that? This thing, War Machine. Whatever. Anyway, my point is great timing, Pete, with the. <laughs> well, you haven't known. It, since he did War Machine, on, maybe it's War Machine. A lot of. That's true. But, it was, but it, what I'm saying is he did a movie that he was like, I wanted to be Jesse James. I wanted to be in like a slow beautiful western i'm sure war machine isn't his favorite film he's in so many ball but for me doing these movies were essentially if they don't open for brad you know at least brad's in the right ad (laughs) you know what i mean like it doesn't at all uh translate for me getting seen and there was a feeling of like a little fear that i'd have like am i like kind of disappearing from people's radar marty mcfly style yeah you're disappearing from the photo the photo, the, the cast uh, photo of that '70s show. Yeah, <laughs> but but it's there's a price. Like you gotta like bet this amount of money to make to well, go I think make they were something. Saying fame is the excrement of like art. Like like I'm badly botching that quote, but it's the idea that we should be making what's like written on our bones to make. No, I think fame is the like you know if you that is... if you take the THC out of something, you know how they can do that yeah. with the CBD stuff. You like, mean Charlotte's Web hemp oil? Do you want some? That's no. one of the sponsors of the podcast. <laughs> oh, well, okay, there you go. Very great. <laughs> it's a pizza bag is a better way. But to like, say. they can take. I think fame is that like excrement's the wrong word. It's like an oil that just comes off of success. Yeah, it gets all over you. That I mean, I certainly I never even auditioned for anything. I wasn't like, what if I got famous? I never even thought about that. Right. And then uh, I was aware of it. I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't go do another. Thing that was like something I'd done before because I thought yeah. it's. Uh, but didn't it help? I, let's speak frankly. I bet it helped to not have to worry about your basic needs being met. Oh, I don't think I could have done it without that. But yeah. let me say though, I know a lot of people, and I know you do too, who don't have to worry about their basic needs being met. Well, that's who the people I'm talking about. Continue to play with scared money. That's the people I'm talking about. I don't get it. Well, that's when when Jay Leno talked about like I don't touch my Tonight Show money, um, and I think I think they said it on the podcast. 
some I think the Duplass brothers were saying that some people almost have like echoes of the Great Depression in their <laughs> DNA. Where it's like, so maybe Jason yeah. Alexander was like, look, they're offering me $100 million to do these commercials. No, I'm sorry. I, I don't think so. I really believe you're right. I think he's just like, man, I used to be, I used to live at this level where I was, yeah. every, you know, 34 I, million people watched me every Thursday night. If you start believing that it matters that someone at Coffee Bean like took a photo with you. Dude, this is I, why I want to do the show. I think we were getting this deep on my thing and it's like not the tone of my show, ah. but I wanted to literally come to therapy I would do this with you if it wasn't a podcast. <laughs> You're fucking right. And it's blowing my mind. It's like, and it's that dirty little secret because no one will say it yeah. to any other person. I just miss <laughs> being famous. You know, it's like, bleh. And I know, you know what? I don't even think it's that they miss. I mean, if when I say see, they're not a bad person. I was person. scrolling on the plane and there were four Tiffany Haddish movies. And I was like, yeah. what? No, t- Tiffany, big fan. Come do the podcast. I love it. But there's, I wonder what's going on. Sometimes I feel like maybe with Tiffany, I'm not sure. You're like you're in the special room. Touch as much stuff as you can well, before they a, kick you out. That's a different thing, I yeah. think, than what we're talking about. Yeah. That thing is like that has echoes of others kind of trauma. I'm sure. With, yeah. not, not with her. I'm saying with anyone who gets there and right takes everything that they can get. You know, like, right. That's a that's how different thing. I felt about crashing season four. So I, I I'm not putting down in, Tiffany in or other people. Meaning I was very tired. And if they were like, you can do it. You're like, look, I'm in the room. Like you literally picture like a party and you're like, right. go get shrimp <laughs> like before someone taps you on meaning the shoulder. That, but guess what? That room doesn't exist. It's not real. It's fucking fake. Look at the coin. You're no, going to die. You, you, wanted to, you, you wanted to do it or once you didn't a, want to do once, it and you would have done it. What I'm saying is I, pro- I probably, if I was being very, very honest, had some fatigue to me. Right. That I was like, if I, I, I know you did. You, That's why that ending is kind of a finale, right? It's a wonderful thing. Right, yeah. Right. I think subconsciously we were like... Right. I think there were subconscious things at play. Yeah. I, I've said many times that we kept calling the season finale the series finale by accident. And I was like, and, and Rob, it was Rob Bell. He was like, that's how the truth comes out. He's like, we're so yeah. bad at speaking the truth sometimes that that's what a good Freudian slip is. That's not a great Freudian because it's not very sexual. Right. But I kept like accidentally speaking my, my truth, going like, okay, and this is a great shot for the series finale. And it's like, season finale. And you're like, right, 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 right. Of course, of course. But there's this thing where you go like, and I, so I'm telling you that I was, if it's a bad thing, I was guilty of it, was I was like, once you're in the vault, stay in the vault as long as you can. That's not just a money comparison. Oh, it's no, just like, I actually don't think, you know, it's funny, this whole conversation, I've never, I've always kind of been like, well, I forewent having as much money as I could have, but I'm so proud of, you know, Black Klansman, some of these movies that I've been doing, so that evens out for me. But I haven't, I think it's like a jerk move maybe to talk about it to to compare myself to other people to say like, I actually forewent having a certain level of, uh, what'd you say? Not recognition. It's like, uh, uh relevance. Relevant. Yeah. Am I, think I that, That's relevant? the drug, man. It's not even fame's the drug. No, relevance power is, is the drug. drug. This uh, is, this is, is relevance, but relevance power is power. And relevance. Yeah. Absolutely. No, it's power. If yeah. you, you know, there's a restaurant, there's one, people always say like, if you're famous, you get in restaurants. That has not been my experience because I don't go to restaurants that don't let people in. <laughs> but there's one restaurant in Silver Lake that we go to and, and sometimes they go like, you know, you, you can sit down, like come on in. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm glad, and Val and I have talked about this, I'm glad that that doesn't rub my clip. Like that I don't go like, right. that's right, I've done it. Well, that's another thing that's oh, to circle Will back. Will Guy Fieri cook for me on my birthday? 
Please stop that. That's I'm right I, next to you. I know. <laughs> I, that is so. That was a great line. If I wrote that for you, I'd be like, I found his voice. <laughs> Please stop. I'm right next to you. That is you. But I, I <laughs> we found you. I uh, yeah, well, come right for me, dude. Uh, <laughs> Please They're like, wait, uh, you're, I know you're coming on uh, Busy Tonight, but is Pete Holmes backstage writing for you? Like, yeah, he just he found my voice style. and now he just does. Well, what else you got, Pete? Like, <laughs> That's right. Well, remember on your podcast, we figured out that you're, you're funny by having fun. Remember? That was... Okay, Did so that stay in? This is what I was going to say. You edited back that is, out. No, no. I, we, if we didn't edit it out, we do bonus episodes that fill in between the things. Sure. So we'll for your Patreon? Stuff. For my what? For your Patreon. What is that? Yeah. <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> Patreon is how a lot of artists make uh, their living is they'll put out bonus episodes for their subscribers to their Patreon. So like I'll pledge for your Patreon five dollars a month to Duncan Trussell has a Patreon, for example. He's a, he's a friend of mine. And a lot of uh, people put out free shit, but they say, if you want to give me money to support an artist that you like, just straight up. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm all about supporting artists. Patreon. Yeah, I just didn't happen to know what that word. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but the joke would be that you would have a Patreon. Like, it would be weird oh, if, if got you it. had a Patreon. Got it. Because um, you're loaded. Can we get that Google? <laughs> can we can get you that? Give me the actual definition. Give me the Google. A Patreon? Yeah. I, it's a website. I'm, I'm embarrassed I didn't know it. It's a, it's a website. It's like saying Venmo. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a made up. It's a made up word. It's a made up thing. Okay, yes. Oh, great. I can go there and support all my artists. You actually can. Terrific. No, I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to. <laughs> that sounds sarcastic. <laughs> I'm right next we to you. We just had a kid, man. Come on. I know. Give us give us both a break. For wait, wait, what is it about, like? Are they you good have, projects? You have fun to be funny. You're like a situation funny guy, but you do it in your life. That's what was blowing my mind is in this little chat time that we were going to have before the adventure. You both blew my mind with a... <laughs> With de- helping me define myself, yeah. it's so rare that someone says something that you go, "Whoa!" Like that really hits a chord. <laughs> yeah. And then, because you said with your wife, she's always like, "Stop it!" Like you're doing like an act out or like a yeah, I guess playing yeah. out a situation. I'll tell her to give me a line. Yeah, like I'll say, so you're like, like pretend that we're at the bank. So you're the teller. Ask me a qu- and it forces her to improv something. She's like, so and I do this funny. to everyone because I like to set them up and then right do the can I. Val and I do it too, but what oh, do we'll do, and I'm, I'm saying this as an honest tip to make it fun for her as well, is then she'll do it. We'll do like, we'll go like, you're a recovering alcoholic and in right. this bottle is, is booze, right. but you didn't know, you thought it was lemonade and uh, someone gives it to you and, and I, I go, I'm going to, so I, this, is obnox- this is the obnoxious part. I'll go like, so I'm going to take a sip because I like acting games. I'm going to take a sip and what I want to see is regret but then like a little bit of a thrill <laughs> like like you're gonna keep it secret and then i'll do it because i want her to see that i'm being silly and having fun and we laugh so hard and you, for that's some, more of an acting game i'm more of a timing like that's why i like people to say uh, line before my but line. then I, but the tip was then i then she does it too and then i uh give her the spotlight and the love oh no no that's not gonna work with me <laughs> She knew what she was getting into. Like, I'm right next to you. She married me, yeah. Hilarious. What do you do? You say, give me a line. No, I'll just say, if I'm telling a story about this guy at the bank, I'll say, okay, so you be the teller, you know, ask me about my account. Right. Uh, everything okay with your account? Right. And then Grace? I'd say something funny. I don't know. Right, right, <laughs> I should have right. set you up with a real right, thing. Right, right. Or I'll pause a little bit and then, do, you know, because you need the pause, man, like to... Oh, Val and I will do that too. Yeah. Where, oh, I forget what it was, but the answer was a loaded yes and we both wanted to just do it. Where but you're it's like, saying you, you, I see what Peter, you're saying. Peter, are you okay missing? I've done that. Okay, I'm going to do it with you. Yes. You say, Pete, are you okay 
not picking your brother up from the airport? Pete, are you okay not picking up your brother from the airport? Yes. <laughs> I think that might need the visual, but that was unbelievable. Okay, I'm going to tell you an acting game we used to do. Do you want to do it? I want you to do it. Oh, sure. Tover, are you okay not picking your brother yes! up? <laughs> I'm fine with it. That's chops. You didn't just do it the way I did it. That's multicam chops. You're surprising the other actors, man. So, uh, GG. We used to on 70s show, me and the guys used to do this thing. Oh my God. This was, we did this for, I mean, like, like four or five hours at a time. Like, cause we'd all have all this downtime. Of course. Where we, this doesn't work on a podcast because you just got to imagine we're looking up at the ceiling, which is a big part of it. But you have to ask me, where is he going? Okay. And then I look up at the ceiling and say, home. <laughs> but you're like looking up into the sky, you know, that kind of, go ahead. I don't have to know who I'm talking about? No. Okay. You'll know by the way I do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. Why aren't people having fun? I know. Okay. Ready? It's hard. It's hard to do. Where's he going? Home. <laughs> a lot of it's the eye play, right? A lot of it's it like, is. you got to look up and then you like look to yourself like to a better place. You know, that kind of yes. like. You know. It's but a little we were, ET. We were, we were only doing about aliens. Yeah. It was not um, yeah. religious in any way. Yeah. Home. <clears throat> that is so But like we fun. just do it and then we'd be, you go, you go. And we just keep, you know. Where's he going? <laughs> Home. <laughs> so that's an acting game, right? That's more of an acting game. No, absolutely. This is like <clears throat> a big thing for Val and I is it's just like it's to us once you practice. So Seinfeld in his book, Sign Language. <laughs> Sounds like a joke, but it's true. <laughs> He writes in the foreword, he's like, people forget, like a comedian's job is to remember how to have fun. Like we were so natural at having fun mm-hmm. when we were kids. Right. But what's fun is we can be childlike in our pursuit of fun with grown-up intelligence, which is like such an, it's like an up-leveling of the whole silliness thing. But yeah. so many people aren't, aren't doing it. You know what I mean? Well, I think like Val and I will hear some, we'll hear an exchange and we'll reenact it a few times. Mm. We're just dying laughing. It's like. It doesn't. Here's what it is. It doesn't have to be great. That's like no. such a. It's, it's a, not the connection, really. It's a, yeah, yeah, it's a confidence green light that comes. The muscle gets stronger. Where you just go like, let's just do it. We do like someone forgetting the lyrics to a song, or my favorite thing I've done on this podcast before is the studio drummer who's confused. <laughs> at, oh, wow. Like go. I didn't know we were doing the song. Just so do just, it. You can't can't see see this, but you have to like the idea that you're locked. I talked about this with Fred Armisen. It was like I love drum humor, so you're locked into the rhythm. You have to keep playing while emoting. I thought we were ending with this song. Why are we? We're opening with Margaritaville, and you're trying to like look at the bass player. Like it's funny you're bringing up your wife. I that you know. I don't really like talking about my marriage in a like what it's really about way. You know, I like talking about my wife and saying how great and supportive she is and she's wonderful. But uh, the true thing for me that's made my marriage unbelievable is like, or not my marriage, I mean, just knowing her as a human. We like once a, I mean, we have a kid now, but like once every three days or so, we are like crying, cracking up. We're laughing so hard. And I, 
I've never known someone like that. Yeah. And she's, she doesn't like any of the comedy that I, like I took her to SNL on our like third date. I thought this was like such an impressive thing. Yeah. And she was like, not really a big fan of Saturday Night Live. I was like, wait, what do you mean you don't, like any of it? <laughs> like, I mean, any of the... So she, she like, fit right in with the studio audience. Right. That, <laughs> that audience. Well, it's funny. We sat up in that office and like, I think... I know that office. She she fit in up that office. You know what I mean? Kind of being a little bit she above She refilled the, uh, the pens. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Thanks no, but it was, pens. But I... I uh, but it doesn't matter that we have very different senses of humor. Whatever it is, like... Right. Even now having a kid, you know how crazy that can be? Like, just, you know, once... God, it's... It's probably once every other day or something. Like we're just cracking up. Yeah, I know. I, I would hate to say that on any other thing. Like I would. I don't want to say that on like Entertainment Tonight or something. Sounds so fakey. Extra, but truly, extra. I'm my drunk. Buddy, to the Here's drink. movies in your hotel. <laughs> that's a that's a forty minute callback. Oh man, but I, I grade but my I do. callbacks by how long? That's the thing, dude. That's and clearly you have that with Val, which is like <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I mean. I remember in college, uh, a friend of mine was like, do you marry your friend or your lover? And I was like, why choose? But like, it's yeah. super important. Val and I say it to each other all the time. I'm like, it's a joke. But I go, you're my only friend. <laughs> I just like that language. I go, you're my only friend. And I'm like, you're the only person I like. It's just like... It's kind of true, too. I know it's what like you mean. It's like a powerful thing to say. We love the show Pen15. Can't stop talking about oh, Pen15. Oh, God, 15. I got to watch it. It's so good. How are you watching things? Don't you have, like, don't you have a kid? Yeah, but Did I you mean, just have a game? we prop her up. She watches Pen15, <laughs> The Pulsing Vagina. She loved it. You're not doing the no screens thing. No, we are doing the no screens thing. So how are you watching any anything? Well, she goes to bed at 7. Dude, I go to bed at like 9.30 now. We also go to bed around 9.30. So when are you watching the stuff? Between 7 and 9.30. I can't. No, I, we're, I guess we're just watching like porn crap. No, no, just like. Great British Bake Off. Yeah, you know, no joke. My wife we, when it was Oh no. We're watching Pen Fifteen because we're done with Great we're <laughs> We went into like the earlier seasons and then like Dude, the ones you can't get in America. And we're oh really? There's that ones guy you, is my that's my favorite kind of comedy. Paul Simon Hollywood? Cowell, Paul Hollywood, these guys. That's I funny love because it. um Val loves the hosts. And I, I love no, the hosts. No, the hosts too. are fucking awful, dude. I you don't like the hosts? Hit, oh my god. But there was two that were terrible, those two women that were together. Oh no. And then the guy came in. I guess we went backwards. Is the guy the the newer episode, the more emo the, guy? Yeah, is he? I love him. Okay, so that's like that was more palatable for me. But I, I fuck, I hated. I couldn't. Those. I love the hosts, and then I couldn't believe that I loved the newer hosts even more. That was my experience. <laughs> you love the hosts. I love the hosts. So <laughs> it's like really falling apart here at the end. Like, ah! Really oh, no, respected this is, you. This is the preamble. We haven't really begun. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. J.K. J.K. Simmons. <laughs> Drumline. What is the movie? I gotta meet Val. Like, what's she's got a high Poor tolerance rate? No, this is how I get it out. Mm-hmm. I have mania. Do you? I have mania. So, like, sometimes I have to say to Val, I'm like, I'm very manic. Like, yet oh. last night I was very manic. Manic just means it's just my word for like I'm just burning white, white hot. And I, I know what you mean. I just I don't. I what if I, I used to have it? Maybe when I was younger. Can you fall out of it? Well, I think what can happen is when you're working. The, the hoses are hooked up to you and you're being drained of it. So uh-huh. I've been working on a talk show and then crashing. So for the past like six years, I, was, I had a real outlet. And now mm. the, I think the podcast has gotten better <laughs> since oh, crashing wow. went away. No, it's it's like... Because this is now my outlet. And my stand-up has gotten better because that's my outlet. But I still have this surplus. But dude, I'm loving having a surplus. I, mm. haven't, I haven't had that like junior high... 
I put Lila on my lap. I sit at the piano and I play CeeLo Green's Fuck You really loud. And we are just dying, laughing and making up songs and stories. I, I haven't, I haven't had a savings account energy wise for a long time. Right, right. And I'm really loving it. But to your point, there are times when I have to go like, I'm so sorry to Valerie. And she, she doesn't, I, I, I really believe her when she says she doesn't mind. Oh, you got, I mean, she's just sounds like a wonderful, she's the best. Yeah. You know, do you have any plants or any gardens or trees? We just did our first three tomato, uh, whatever you call those little starter shoots, whatever. Yeah. Well, Valerie's what makes them grow. <laughs> it was a setup. I shouldn't have. What I'm saying I is, have gotten real about that. No tomatoes. I love that you're growing tomatoes, dude. We have that garden, dude. We have this garden patch right there. You'll see. It looks like Pet Cemetery, the reboot. Have uh, you seen? Have you? Are you going out to see movies? No, dude. Okay, because if you're going out to see dude. movies, it's like no. you're doing something wrong. The last movie we went out to see was Vice, but we. I liked Vice. You met Katie on the way, and that's Katie, our au pair. Oh, you have an au pair. It's not an au pair. She's a she's a stand up comedian who sometimes comes oh, and watches okay. our baby. She comes most days, but for like four hours. That's uh, when we would go and see a movie. You don't have that? Uh, we do, we have date night. That is, I mean, what am I turning? I'm turning your podcast into like The View or something, but it's super, extra, super important <laughs> to have that date night. Hey, right? let me tell you about some of the movies in your fucking hotel. Dude, that, I mean. And uh, I, I look, Denzel Washington is back in the equalizer too. Dude, I bumped into him two or three more times. Mar? Since then, yeah. Like, Marlo? Uh, 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 what's his name? Mario Lopez. Yeah, Mario. Marlo. On a... On like a red carpet and a thing for yeah. doing award season and stuff, and every time, every time, I mean, I'm like, hey, it was great doing Ellen or seeing, and he's like, what? Like, I mean, <laughs> he's no idea who I am. He has no idea. Can we do that? Yeah, you be Mario. Okay, and I'm you. Here we go. Here we go. We're on the red carpet, and Katie, you'll be Topher's wife. What's her name? Ashley. Ashley, I'm, hold on one second. I'm just. Go get a gift bag. I'm going to say hi to... Hey, look who we have here. The star of of this season's Black Klansman, oh. <laughs> Topher Grace. Topher, what are you wearing? Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, my stylist got this, but uh, it, it's... A, it, <laughs> it's it, great. So here's a question for you. Who do you think looks hotter tonight on the red carpet? Lady Gaga or... Uh, who else was it? The, or Tiffany Haddish. Tiffany Haddish. Um... I, I don't know, but honestly, Mario, it was great to see you again. I, you know, when we did Ellen, that was so fun. Let me ask you about the Academy Awards. <laughs> Should Kevin Hart be hosting? What are your takes on Louis C.K.? Easter's coming up. Wow. Any plans for the holiday? You know, you're just like, it's like, it's like a live uh, robocall. You're because, like, wait, is this a... Is this right. A, can't wait to bump into him again. But there's no way he's listening to this. He's not going to listen to this. And now as we're talking about it, I'm like, he probably won't do this podcast. So I'm just like, let's just, let's just shit on more. <laughs> Look, he was great. Albert Clifford Slater. Albert. Know, one of the cool best jocks that's cool ever graced. Because he danced. See, that's the wound yeah. that makes me like Vin Diesel. And that's the vulnerability that made me like Alfonso Claret. Uh, Albert Clifford. I was way off. I said Alfonso Claret. Wait, so let's do it. Let's do who's who. Who I believe he's got to be Kelso. Kelso is Ashton. Yeah, so Ashton is uh, <laughs> is uh, Mario Lopez's character, right? Well, that yeah. that makes sense, right? Yeah, Kelso. Uh, Fez is Screech. Screech. Danny is. There's no Danny. I would say Danny is Jess, Jesse Spano. 
Because <sighs> she's into conspiracy theories. She's got that curly hair. Curly hair, and she's cool. And she's kind of the cool one. Yeah. Yeah, and she's so scared. So then I believe... Uh, Donna we, is Kelly, obviously. No? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. The character was different, but she was the babe. I, I'm like a much less cooler Zach, I guess. Right, and she's or a Or I might be Kelly Kapowski. <laughs> I wish you were. <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany, Amber, Decent! <laughs> she was my iPad wallpaper until recently. Right, until... You, you know her. why? It wasn't, it wasn't just object, objectification of Tiffany, and mm-hmm. she is beautiful. It's because that was my wallpaper in college, and it made me feel like retro. Your wallpaper on your computer? On my, on my iPad. Okay, on <laughs> your walls. <laughs> no. <laughs> we have Victorian-style Tiffany Amber Thiessen wallpaper in our home. Oh, man. I, that was, a, for me, the weirdest part of um, getting a show and not having done anything. It, at that age, at like 19... Is you are mainlining pop culture. Yeah. You are just like, I mean, like, I thought I was into watching 90210 when I was like in eighth grade or whatever. Yeah. But then, like, you're having friends over during the summer and you're just watching MTV. And I mean, like, what was it? Friends was huge at the yep. time. I'm trying to think of everything that was like Seinfeld. You know, Seinfeld. But I, you KFC just, commercials. Oh, Party of Five and, yep. you know, whatever. I was just like, scream and the whole. And then to, go into pop culture so quick. Like yeah. sometimes people will like, did mad magazine do you guys? I don't know. Was it like that seven D's nuts show? <laughs> and <laughs> then you're there and you're in your bar. We were on grace. the Simpsons or something. They did like a thing where we were like, did what? they? I, you know what I used to think about your show was I was, I don't know if I had this. No, my friend Dan Kaufman had a, a bit about this. Was that like when there's a character who played an asshole in another movie? So obviously he's the dad from Dead Poets Society. Yeah, and, and RoboCop, I, dude, RoboCop. I didn't. I wasn't a oh. I, RoboCop was too dark for me. I bet that's right. You know what I mean? Anything that was like just a little bit professional wrestling. Oh, I I was not into GI Joe. It was too dark for me. Really? Yeah, I'm but they shot lasers totally, and no one was dying. RoboCop was like. Too much. Shooting dicks off and stuff. Oh, that was, was like, in, intense. Yeah, yeah. It was, that was way too much. And RoboCop Two had someone cutting open their stomach. I don't. I didn't see that one. I didn't. Someone told me that, and then you remember when you were a kid, you'd have nightmares based on movies you hadn't even seen, just because someone <laughs> told you about Gremlins. Yeah, that was the Indiana Jones I hadn't seen, which was the middle one. The middle one. And then you see it. Dude, and you go, oh yeah. It's that, bad. Okay, whatever. We're that's what I'm calling professional wrestling. The Temple of Doom yeah, is a little Empire Strikes Back lesson. is a little bit that, yeah, a little when bit. you're very young, yeah. It's just like, um, I had this thought this morning, I was like, people who loved professional wrestling, because I was talking to my baby and it sounded a little bit like Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. I was like, if this does it for you, I'm going to get you, yeah. brother. I was like, I bet you love strip clubs. Like, you are <laughs> able to buy into a, a heightness of theater yes. that I oh just my God, like, that's why such are you analogy. talking that way? I remember I only went to a strip club one time, right? and it was because... Someone guilted me into it. They kind Kelso. of said, you know, I was younger. What's that? Kelso. No. It's Hyde. And he's, he said, uh, you're, you're such a, you know what I mean? Like, we don't have to go if you're going to be a pussy about it. And I was like, all right. Like, you know, at that age, you're kind of like, no, I want to go. You're like, well, what is this? Right, right. And, uh, and I was looking at this woman who's clearly like a mother of three and like was just trying to make money for a family. Like, whatever it was, the narrative was like so oh, dude. dark for me. And I, I left in the middle. I just, oh, this is terrible. Like I just was, 
And I, you know, for a long time, dude, I really thought there was something like I was a wimp or something. And now I look back and I go, I'm no, glad you're I, emotionally intelligent. Life's tough enough. Do you know what I mean? Like, I but think that's a just, perfect analogy. Such I just wrote analogy. it down to do it on stage. Um, thank you. <laughs> but I completely agree. It, I, I get it that you can go and understand a strip club and just be like, that's what it is. And it's fine. And it's transactional and it's okay. It's actually kind of creepier to do what I would do, which was be, it would be like, Try and connect on a human level. You know? <laughs> That'd be a great strip club, though. <laughs> Where it's like, they don't really strip so much as they strip away levels of emotion. <laughs> and they just kind of like, you get to that place where you're just, it's just That's you. That's hilarious. I have a bit now where I go, a strip club for me would be a, a woman's car breaks down and you're a gentleman and you give her a ride to the gas station and nothing happens. And then as she's walking to the gas station, she just shows you just a little bit of her butt. And you're like, yeah! yeah I deserve like, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because the key part is you're a gentleman. <laughs> like, I can't just go in and be like... That's a true gentleman's club. I want to yeah. see your... That's a gentleman's club! No, it's all these women who are in like a little bit of distress, but you can help I know. them. And I understand that's a little yourself. bit uh, patriarchal that I save them. I, I, maybe I can come up with a better example. But there's some... So it's still a little dirty. Connection. Because you're, it's, it's patriarchal. Maybe they save me. My car breaks down. They give me a ride. And then they go like, hey, good luck out there. No, One boob. You show them your dick. Well... Wouldn't that be the way... And then you... It well no, but they they ask you to they ask you to they they say please do me one more kindness. They go sir. like ass gas or grass. No one rides for free, and I go, what do you mean? And they go, let's see it. Yep. And I go, just as it is. And they're like, I want to see your teeny weeny. And I go, oh, I'm a grower, not a shower. And then I come so hard like, <laughs> later. Later when I'm thinking about it. No, oh, no, man. I have to go. No. Yeah, how much of this do you edit? Just that one part? That's hilarious. The one part where we were looking up Jamie Presley. Uh, wait, but you should say it was because she was starring in a show, <laughs> not because we were looking up for any other reason. We were looking. Well, they know they'll hear that part. Okay. Yeah, we leave it all in. It's funny it's... with even a riff about showing wing wings. I have to be like a hundred percent JK. We have a graphic. We have an audio graphic that goes a hundred percent JK. Oh, do you? Pete Holmes has not endorsed the ideas in this bit. Oh, yeah. Please yeah, add me to that for most yeah. of this. Toe for Grace. Do like a blanket thing for this whole podcast. Toe for Grace yeah. fully acknowledges the fact that none of this is real and in the real world would have serious consequences. Great. Okay, cool. 100% JK. Dumbass. You killed that kid. That's my point, is your dad killed that kid. Neil. Neil. My son. Neil. My beautiful boy. my beautiful boy. That we do around him. He's such a nice guy, dude. He's such. I mean, like he would so the would opposite. Allow uh, my beautiful boy, Rip. No, that and I also can you fly, Bobby? Which you don't know. Robocop, from Robocop, and also he'd go. He told us a story of where this line we'd say bitches leave, you know, only to him, which didn't make any sense. But he, I guess he was Paul Verhoeven is the director of that movie, and uh, he came bitches in. Leave is the name of the movie. No, the name is Robocop. He comes oh. into a room and says, "Bitches leave." It's like such a great. Crazy 80s, line. yeah. And, That's uh, a wrestling line. He said, yeah, yeah. Oh, brother, you go in the room and you say, bitch, leave, and then I body slam you, and then we go to a strip Wait, how do you get such a good impression the- of the guy if you oh, never watch We it? get hard the whole time, brother, because we're not thinking about reality. We're in our bodies. We're in our bodies. <laughs> 
you went back and became a fan or something. They're called In Our Body Slams. Yeah, but why, why do you have such a good impression of a wrestler? Because they would do commercials and stuff. All right. I just, even as a child, I was like, this guy is a not real. I didn't know they know it's I not didn't even real. know. I don't even know this impression. But well, I that was like was... Macho Man Randy Savage. So how do you know that? Because I, just in the same way that I know who Nomar Garcia Parra is, but I don't like baseball. I didn't even know. Well, I'm, I'm from Boston. I'm not in any sports, so like. Noma. I'm super not whatever the guy is you're talking about, because I'm not even into real sports. Right. Wrestling was the fake sport. Yeah. Even like the real sports. But wait, wait, wait. Well, oh, uh, uh, Kurtwood told us how that line came up, which is great, which was oh, yeah. that Paul Verhoeven walks in and goes, uh, so you'll come into the room, you say, bitches, leave. Then you say the lines, and then you leave. <laughs> it's like that. it's basically, he goes, okay. And just it's the guy from The Room wrote RoboCop. No, Paul Verhoeven did like, what did he do? The Room. He did Starship Troopers and... Um, Probably didn't not someone, one of the best. Didn't David Mamet write a thing about like how Starship Troopers is a perfect movie? <laughs> I'm not kidding. I did come out of that. I, I remember I saw that when I was in college, and I did come out of that going, I think maybe that is so bad it's good. And, and upon <laughs> reflection, it's not good. But you, there was something like so wacky about it that it was at least – it's like RoboCop. It was like at least saying something kind of. Were you privy to any of the conversations on Black Klansman where – was it a concern that people might be watching going – why doesn't Adam Driver just take over the role? Why continue having the black guy do the it's phone It's so calls? great that I'm no longer on the circuit for that, because that question never got to me before. Oh, really? And, uh, That's my only question about the movie. Uh, yeah. Because uh, I, I don't like pot boilers. I don't like being nervous that like he's going to get found out. And I'm like, you could solve this. What is Adam? Is the, is the explanation that Adam Driver has so many other cases that he can't do the phone calls? I, it's I like, why are you continuing? Know. Okay. I don't know the answer to that question. I do know that it, uh, the cop was there at the read-through, yeah. uh, Ron Stallworth. So we never... F- so we could have asked him. Uh, yeah, I, I still ask him. I guess I... Should I get on the phone, bro? Would you? Get Black Klansman on the phone? No, he's a, a wonderful guy and, and was really great with his time in terms of... Can you imagine going to the read-through of a movie? Yeah. And the guy that it's based on is, is there. there, yeah. And then tells you the whole story, and then you read it back to him, and effectively then tell him the whole story. Right. And at one point, I said, "Like, hey, is it true, Ron? That you know, because I've done a lot of research for it. That David Duke says it never happened. I mean, you know what I mean? I'd love to, from his point of view, like, you know, how do we know? And he took out his wallet and took out his KKK membership card, and it's signed on the back by David Duke. Wow. And uh, so, so there are a couple leaps that the movie takes more to be like narratively more interesting fun. and i think um, did he keep do you know if he kept doing the calls i mean that was your those yeah, were oh your my scenes. god david Duke called him like five days before the movie came out really yeah they hadn't talked in you know 30 odd years or something and texting only yeah they no they uh <laughs> it was legit like i mean and so are, i guess he was admitting what are david it duke's frequently used emojis that's what i want to know who <laughs> I don't know how you, oh, man, I'm not going to answer. I know. <laughs> I got through the whole thing without, you know, you, those yeah. weren't like joking interviews. Of course. But, uh, but he, in the terms of what you're saying is I do know it all happened, which was always like easier. That movie would have been almost impossible to do if it weren't like not only a real story, but then the guy wasn't there saying, yes, this happened this way and that happened that way. But I, I also think like. I would love to ask him why the white cop didn't I th- just take I over. think if I had to guess, it's because Ron started the investigation and he was very territorial over that because he was the first black cop in that precinct right. ever. So it was like a real chance for him to kind of get ahead. And uh, 
and he's such an amazing i mean i, I don't want to get too serious but he is like amazing yeah like if you ask him a question we, we were on a junket with him where they said what was it like the first time you saw it in can which i'll just tell you because i was in can was unbelievable like i didn't know the movie had come together because i'd been on another film i mean i didn't know if it was i'd done some adr but i didn't know if it was that, that it was gonna be that great and then we had a 10 minute standing ovation at the end and this is a movie that you're you're nervous they, they do standing ovations in can but they also can boo you so you're kind of <laughs> with a movie like that that's like kind of a funny a movie boo. but it's about race you, you yeah. can get like i was nervous going in and then people were throwing roses and stuff at spike it was unbelievable so they asked I was sitting next to him in an interview and they said, Ron, what was it like seeing it in Cannes? He said, I did not see it in Cannes. The studio did not invite me to Cannes. And what you have to know about Ron is that was not like him being a jerk or, you know, like the saying, he cannot not tell the truth. Oh, wow. Like he's just the guy that you want telling his story. Like you'd ask him something that you'd, you'd want it to have another answer, you know, and maybe a different person would give you the answer you want. Cause right. who knows anymore? You'd go back to his notes and say, no, I'm sorry. Actually, David Duke, you know, was, right. was nice in this moment. And I was like, Whoa, like he, um, he just can't like curb the truth at all. And right. so it's the right, you know, so it's all, I don't know if, because it was a two hour movie, I don't know if we had the scene where it kind of said what you're talking about, you know, like, but, um, right. It's really a real truth teller matched up with a real storyteller who's Spike. So, like, it brought, like, more emotion. His story was very dry if right. you read the novel. And then, like, the thing brought a lot of, uh, the movie brought a lot of kind of, um, you know, I don't know, like. Uh, I think you can say color. Are you fighting the urge <laughs> to say color? <laughs> because. Of- <laughs> oh, man, Pete. I'm not, um, I'm not even trying to be funny. I think you can say color. No, that's not what I was going to say. I was going to say joie de vivre. <laughs> Which means color. I'm just kidding. I don't know if there's couleur. <laughs> couleur. Go to con. Couleur. I wasn't even trying to be funny. I just felt you resisting because nobody wants to. Yeah. Uh, no, he really breathed life into it. <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> um, where are we in time? I have no sense. 122. All right. We can, you know what's funny? Is we, there's nothing pers- personal about you on your online you know what? This is the experience I've been having doing the podcast. There are three up. There are only three up as yeah. of when when does this air? I don't know. All right. Oh, be... I think Sim wanted it to air near yeah. my episode. Make it happen, dude. You're in charge, are, you, right? are you threatening me? <laughs> Make it happen or I'll come here and torch this uh My sauna? Yeah, you're the sauna that we're in. <laughs> um It's no longer a dry heat. I uh <laughs> <laughs> uh, the thing I've noticed doing the podcast, just in the ones that have come out, because I enjoy it as a, you know, I enjoy making it so much, connecting with people like you. Um, with it coming out, there's like a real, uh, not that I am obsessed with whatever the tone of the public is towards me. There are like many uh, career moves I wouldn't have made if I really cared what everyone thinks about me. But I'm just noticing this kind of... Um, little bit of a change of how people talk to me, both on social media and here. Oh, it's and, more familiar. And, and not here, but I mean, you know, out in public. Yeah. And I love it. I don't... Uh, so you I'm, welcome I'm, the more personalization? Of- I've been working for 20 years, and my problem, which you're pointing out, is that I don't like to go outside of uh, the junket for a movie to share something about myself. Yeah. And I think, actually, this was a bad quality for me uh when 
'70s show was on because I was just you know I don't like dating anyone who's in the public eye. I don't like um, sharing any of that very precious stuff to me. You know, my family and yeah. and also I was in my 20s, so I didn't really know who I was. You kind of don't want to put yourself out there in case probably you're a like, good move. Yeah, yeah. And uh, now that I'm more comfortable, I'm, I know who I'm married to. I know who I you know I've had a kid with, and and I'm I'm just 40. I'm more comfortable. And then having somebody having this podcast because I because I I had a lot of exposure this year with Black Klansmen, and I. Still, there was a little bit of like, I don't know. I think people don't like when they know absolutely nothing about you. They do like or they don't? I don't think they like it. No, I, I think we're in a, a post-podcast society. Or that's at least why, a post-Instagram uh, or Twitter society, totally, right? Yeah, Post-internet is yeah, what we yeah, can do. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Is that like your Wikipedia page, you click personal life, which is usually what I... I do other research, but like I'll, I'll <laughs> sure. go to that. And it's like personal life. Topher buried a woman they have one child. Yeah. And you're like, huh. And look, look, let me tell you something. It's mostly because I'm boring. Like, I really don't have a lot to share that I want to get. That, that's why I did a show where people like you come on and we have an adventure together. So it's basically you talk and do your thing. And some of you will slip out. Yeah, I want to yeah. be the other kid in class. I'm not the right. kid you were in class. Right. Sounds like a real Zach Morris jerk ripoff. <laughs> well, we're back to there's no me on that 70s show. It was well, I, but you know, there cool was no me on that kid. 70s show, if that makes sense. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I think I know what you mean. Like, I was... I, I was trying to project myself onto you, but you had like a girlfriend and you had three friends. <laughs> I was like, this is, what is going on here? You're no, smoking I was, pot. I was not represented on that yeah. show either. Like I, uh, but I would say I'm still like that. Like I think you've changed and maybe become more um, open with your, I mean, that's part of your job, right? Is being yeah. like crazy open about yourself. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm just not like that. I'm still not like that. Yeah. I just think people, are mistaking what I'm doing on the podcast as being uh, an invitation to every corner of your soul. Yeah, well, I guess I am sharing more than I used to. I don't want to tweet about my personal feelings. Does it feel good feelings. when you get something? Because in my oh, experience, yeah. it felt yeah. good. You yeah. say something and you're like, oh, instead of someone coming up, what was your character's name on Seventy Show? Uh, Eric Foreman. Eric Foreman. Somebody, well, I bet instead of people coming up and going, hey, dumbass, <laughs> or whatever, I, I hope that doesn't happen. But now they might come up to you and say like, hey... I hey, also, you piece of shit. Yeah, hey, you piece I of shit. I listen to that Pete Holmes hey, David podcast. Duke, and then just punch you in the face. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's so funny. I got I get so many Nazi offers now. Really? Yeah. Oh, to play Nazis? Yeah. Were you in the running for Spider-Man? Because you're such a Peter Parker. Uh, Is that no, an annoying question? Uh, no, no, no. I know you were. Uh, I was too young Venom. when they first made that thing with Toby, and then... Uh, one of the reasons I did the third one is because I heard they were going to reboot it a lot younger after uh, the third one. And I was like, oh, I'll never really have a chance. So, Oh, you want you would have wanted to be. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a great, great role. But uh, I like what Marvel's done where it's like it's like really the age now. Like that kid's like a teen in high school. Right. Like, which is how I always felt. The, the animated one was so good. That's my which favorite one? one. Spider-Verse. Oh, oh. I thought you meant like. Like from a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, no, the 1970s. Oh, that Spider Verse one is those guys. Are, it was incredible. Do you know Phil and Chris? No, I've I've met them a little bit. They are just like they are the writer directors. Yeah, they uh, did not direct that, but they're I think very hands on producers. But they directed 21 Jump Street and 22 Jump Street and oh, wow. um, uh, the Lego Movie. I mean, really oh, so they know what they're brilliant doing. Brilliant shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways. Uh, by the way, maybe it's just doing a bunch of podcasts like this. I don't know. But like, yeah, you know what? I never thought I ever wanted to write anything on Twitter. 
I, I don't want to share my political opinion with people. I don't want to, you know, get. Like, why should they listen to me? Yeah, you know, I'm just an actor. Like, no, I understand. But there is solidarity. Like the the people who come up to me and go, "I was raised evangelical. My wife left me." Makes me feel good. I many, like that. People, how many people are, is that? Thousands. That because of, is that connected to their evangelical beliefs? That their wives left. Yeah. I mean, we could get into that. I, right. I, mean, I would argue that the evangelicals probably get married younger and oh, got it, might got not it. know themselves, and, and then got it. wives and husbands leave because they realize that they were probably sold into an institution that they never asked for, and right. that's what leads to more divorces than maybe just like the relationship right. wasn't working. That's not to say that that's what happened with me, but that was at play for sure, that my right. wife was probably, my ex-wife was probably like, I didn't sign up for this. I, she I was not evangelical. No, we both were growing up. Oh, you were growing up, but she so, wasn't in her... Right. What I'm saying is the more that I share, I so it it means less to me for what it's worth. If someone comes up and they're like, I love your Batman videos on YouTube, that's right. nice. But if someone comes up and goes like, I lost my faith and started redefining it with some of the teachers that you did, I'm like, yeah, this that's like a real... That's like a Man. I will talk to you for 45 minutes at the airport sort of fan as opposed yeah. to just like... I feel that way. You know the, that mask yeah. was tight? <laughs> That mask was so uncomfortable, it really informed the voice. Like, that's... Who cares? That's someone coming up to you and going like, what was Ashton like? You know, who fucking cares? But if right. some, if you tell me, here, let me give you... What's your vice? I'm going to give you a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. You can choose which one you want to answer. What's your vice? Have you ever bullied? Have you ever seen a ghost? How do you lose your virginity? Have you taken psychedelics? Um, I mean, I'll do a few of them. But... Uh... Uh, my vice. Um... Two tea bags. <laughs> um, I'll make my own flavor. I'll do a ginger and a lemon. <laughs> no, I am. I am that boring. I believe it. But I think I'd be my, disappointed. I think if my vice like... is being boring. If that makes sense. Like I just normcore. What's that mean? Normcore is like people that are like a little bit like you on purpose. Like yeah, it's almost, yeah. I didn't know there was a word for that. They're yeah. punk rock. Their, their way of being punk rock is wearing well-fitting jeans, which you are. And you're wearing blue jeans. Yeah, you know what? Wow. I you're normcore. It. Hey, any normcore people out there, contact me. Hashtag great. Normcore. I didn't know we were a, a group. You're yeah. a thing. Well, I, I hated it in my 20s. I really... And I, in my teens, I just hated it. That you were it. normal. I could tell I was 40. Dude, I've... Katie, how many times have I said I've been 40 since I was 14? I think it's something that when I say there's crossover between us that yeah. I think is... The real crosser is probably like, we were a good 40. Sadly, we were 25. Yeah. Right? And so everyone's like, I mean, <laughs> girls are kind of like, well, I'm going to go fuck this guy who's like, you know, bad news. Yeah. But maybe in, you know, 10, 15 years, like, you seem like you're going to be we're a We're the slow gonna, play. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we were the, the sake you buried in the soil. And I really, that's where I think uh, 70 Show is very powerful for me because I think uh, producers saw that because I knew their daughter, right? That's like how I got the role. Their daughter did the sets. Uh, I, maybe I never told that part yeah. of the story. She did the sets of the play I was in that I was kind of found uh... And I think, and so she knew me. I mean, I was, it was like Lindsay's parents. And I think they were like, oh yeah, like cause why would you cast a kid out of a high school play? I mean, it's just too much. Unless you just were the kid. I think it was like, yeah, we want a kid who's like, uh, to me, it's probably deeper than anyone wants to go on 70s show 20 years later. But I think it's like, um, it's, it's that 90s show now it's been 20 years. it would even be yeah i guess it would be 90s now but soon it'll be not even yeah but uh i think it's that like why is this girl into this guy i think that's what that show was like there are all these great guys they're all really better than him or more interesting oh than because him. she was smart i think she was smart yeah yeah I mean, she happened to live next door to him so she knew but that's always my was my little secret on the show it was like 
I think, and that's the reason it's told 20 years in the past. It's the guy writing it, whoever that is, you know what I mean? The fictional guy in my head who's, you know what I mean? Who's Eric Foreman at 40. Because he's the narrator. I think he's going back and going, it's probably deeper than anyone needs to go. It's like How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, but just in my head, like at the end of each episode, we do about two serious minutes kind of. Yeah. Where kind of there'd be a little bit, oh, it's a little bit deeper than the rest of the show. And I always thought, oh yeah, this this is in the past for a reason. Yeah. Because this kid is like, he's not bloomed yet, but you look at him and you go, he'll be fine. You're going to be just fine. Yeah. Yeah. And we all knew those kids. Yeah. yeah. It was like, he'll, you're going to be great when you're 40. It was really hard was to play it while being it. Kelso was sort of peaking in high school. I think he's the peak in high school guy. He's the peak in high you know, school. I think, uh, you know, Hyde's probably in jail or something. You know That's what I mean? Right. Like, and I think... Uh, or he's on the bayou with a shotgun on his lap. Yeah, who knows? I mean, I think they're all actually those great guys that when you go back to your reunion, you're so excited to connect with. Totally. But there was a reunion element to that show always because of the... That's why it, it worked that movie good. you did with Dennis Quaid. What was that called? In Good Company. Yeah, that's why that worked. It has a little you were bit like, of Because you were like, oh yeah, he'd be the young boss. That's one way Eric yeah. Foreman could but go. But I love being 40 now because I'm actually I 40. I love being 40. I filled out the suit finally. Yeah, I, my whole yeah. life I said I, could, I can't wait to be 40. And I joked so I can yell to my mom, Mom, I'm fucking 40. Like I want to do that. Just but it's also that, just yeah. like, <laughs> But it's also like I've always had 40-year-old interests. I've always wanted to have a, a wife and a baby and, and, and a, just kind of cool out a little bit. A norm core. I love it. That's exactly how I feel. I mean, do you feel like you're like, you're like that? I'm norm core? Yeah. Um, no. But I, a little bit. But, the, but like I, the vibe of what we're saying, yes, right? Yes. But I don't get off on going like, look at my yellow jacket, if that makes sense. Okay. Well, I don't either. Is that what you're saying? No. I, I'm saying, uh, yes. I'm saying <laughs> that you don't either. Okay. Good. What I'm saying is you and I both love a good L.L. Bean sweater. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, it fits, guys, you know. And the return policy, you can't beat it. <laughs> Lloyd loves bean. I don't I bet you didn't know that that stands for Lloyd loves bean. Uh I think I did cuz I listened to the NPR thing JK about these people who are trying to return shit to L bean that they find in like secondhand stores Hilarious. like 60 years later so they're having to change their oh policy. MG. Yeah. All right, so what is your advice? I think that's it. Is oh, like just I, is, I think I you don't like resisted it for a long time. And now I'm kind of like you, you don't know. have something, even if it's just food that you're like Topher's. I feeling eat a lot naughty. of cereal, but I don't feel like it's a vice because I'm I'm such a skinny dude. So like, yeah. I don't know. Uh, uh, no booze. You know, you know I never drink? I never drank. I'm I might be way normcore actually. <laughs> you've never you've never drank. Yeah, I wonder. I think that's great. I well, I will say this. I probably definitely would have. Uh, it's because I started that show like right as I started college. And I went, I can't fuck. This seems like a really great opportunity. Don't fuck it up. Yeah. It's interesting. I was going to ask if anybody was drinking while you were shooting, but it sounds like it was pretty You know sneezy. what made me normcore? Mm. Cool Runnings. Because that guy. And you know what we mean. You make I got yeah, you know, Do you know what I'm talking about? Team. When John Candy says, Jonathan there's Candy. one guy. Jonathan Dark Sweets. I mean, I love him. You yeah, love him, right? I sure. And I thought that movie was terrific. I think I saw it twice when it came out, like in the theater. But he says one of the guys on this team is the guy, you know, the guy who like steers the bobsled. Yeah. He's the guy who has to like sit in his bathtub. You're him. You're the guy the who's running at the beginning and gets injured. I just, I, I like, I loved what he meant by that, especially because I was given, I felt a lot of responsibility early You were in life. steering the bobsled. Well, I'm not saying, I'm not taking credit for and that. And Kelso on was, what's, stop, what's stop, the stop. name of the guy that's like. Dougie Fresh. Dougie Fresh. 
Ashton no. Kutcher was the Dougie Fresh. No, Fresh. Ashton, Ashton, I would say other people were, but Ashton worked very, very hard. Like, oh, I didn't mean he was a fuck up. I just mean he no, was no, but yeah, wild, the thing or... people don't know because he's so goofy on the show is that he was working so hard. But I, but I felt I was by far the most. I would have believed that Ashton Kutcher by... was backstage like appraising diamonds. Like he, he looks like one of those, like a serious guy that's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to return this. <laughs> <laughs> Ashton was Ashton was reading Variety. Like he and I were the only two who read Variety when it started. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, and he cared so much, and he also taught me a lot about commitment to a joke. Like he would go, we had great writers, but sometimes it wasn't a hundred. Do you yeah, know what sure. I mean? Like, and he would he commit to a joke in a so way so hard. I never, I honestly haven't seen anything since because I haven't done that many comedies. But like, and especially there, you're in front of three hundred people. He would commit so fucking hard to a joke. That that it would get laughs. Yeah, like and I mean he'd go he'd push through. I mean, you know this kind of thing. You know what I mean? Where you go, I don't even know what this is, but they're all gonna laugh. Right. And wow. then I started like re- kind of copying what he was doing because it was like so. You'd be dumb not to. Well, what you realize is ninety nine percent is like equal Commitment. to zero. Oh wow! You got to go a hundred like every single time on wow. everything. Yeah, wow, and wow, he wow. really would go for it. Do you remember any great acting advice you got? It could have been last week. Um. Sometimes I say, what's the greatest lesson you've learned about acting? Uh, acting advice I got. Uh, gosh. Uh, I'm not very method, so I, I'm also not very open to... I mean, I just don't, I'm not like having my feelers out there for advice yeah. all the time. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, I heard Tom Hanks on a podcast. Uh, oh, no, it was a... Hollywood Reporter video, I think, where they kind of sit down with someone, and he was talking to Viola Davis. So it was like you got a different angle on Tom Hanks than you normally get, right? Yeah, because yeah. he wasn't like talking to the Tom Hanks audience; he was talking to Viola Davis, and she's dead serious. And they were talking about the craft, and uh, I don't call it that, by the way. <laughs> Just saying, like that's what the <laughs> video was called. I thought you meant the movie, The Craft. And uh, no, yeah, that was uh, they loved it. They just loved, and not Nev Campbell for his bulk. They um, they <laughs> see you're funny. You're straight funny. They they um, uh, they were talking about memorizing lines. Uh huh. And I was like, no one talks about this in acting, but know your fucking line. I mean, was it? Yeah. Did you have that experience? Well, you were writing it, so you already knew your lines, right? Yeah, that's true. I didn't really have that experience, but I have had experiences even recently where you go. But I did know. Yeah, go ahead. Oh my god, wait, these, no, these people just don't. I mean, you know, rule one. You know what I mean? Like step one right. of acting. Just learn your fucking lines. Yeah. I do a thing now where I invite someone over to my house. I'm about to go do the new John Stewart movie right now with Steve Carell. He's doing a movie? John Stewart's directing a movie and Steve Carell's in it and Rose oh. Byrne. It's, a, it's an amazing script. And uh, I'm like three weeks out from my stuff. I have someone come to my house and just drill me on lines. So I'm sure. off book three weeks before a movie. I mean, this is you You're know, Ed my Norton career and Birdman. What's that? You're Ed Norton and Birdman. I love that movie. Uh no 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 come on he's so method that's like a whole other yeah, you're thing right. he's, a, he's yeah I, if you know the words yeah I mean that's a simple I would know advice. everybody's words on on our show and that <laughs> made a huge difference yeah I I I fed a lot of lines there's a lot of cut of yeah. me going are you sure <laughs> and then and then, <laughs> and then that's someone go, are you sure and I'm like yes I'm sure <laughs> you go back you go back to acting but wait but sure? wait dude tell me and you're you're well, you, you do come that. out of comedy and you do it. you say. Uh, we got to go over there and then I'll forget my line, which is, are you sure? And then you feed it to me and then you have to say, yes, I'm sure. We got to go over there. Are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah, we got to do it. 
I back into acting. What would you say was your first acting gig? Like where you did a lot. I of time. was in a very, very no, not a lot of time. I so so. What did you spend a lot of time on set for the first time? Well, shooting sketches. We'd shoot like the X Men sketches or the Batman sketches, and that would be like and a did, twelve. Hour would there be people shoot. that didn't know their lines? Oh yeah. Okay, now didn't you? It's tough because this is the problem with sketches is people think they're supposed to be having fun, right? That's like probably the worst part. Yeah, is that you're trying to do something serious, right? That has jokes within it. Or would be shooting twelve in a day, right? Exactly. So you're like, like I the, don't know the, the time eleventh things. one, and and yeah, yes. And someone is like, I never looked at the script. Or don't you just like? I mean, and it's and it's a it's runs rampant out here. Like, yeah. like nobody knows their lines, right? And they kind of, what it's almost I like a badge is, of honor. Is that yeah, they like a lot I don't of people care, get that? You know. I mean, this team. So now that you said normcore. It's like now I just sound like some goody two shoes. Like learn your lines and brush your teeth. No, and two bags, two bags of tea. Let's, let, let me put a pin because we're going to talk about we're going to do the last section but I got to pee real bad it's one of the best pees of my life it really was while it was happening I was like wow <laughs> I've had those sure remember everyone's this. had one of those yeah remember this moment this is one of the sweet moments and if I hadn't had the pain of holding it you know what I mean that's right you can't enjoy spring if you haven't had winter right <laughs> Very funny. Okay. Um, so you don't have a vice really other than cereal and norm corners. Were you ever bullied? Have you ever seen a ghost? How do you lose your virginity? And have you ever taken a psychedelic? Well, uh, of course, I lost my virginity to my wife. So. L. Actually, did you, you probably did, didn't you? My first? Yeah. I was just kidding. Um. <laughs> yeah. I was 22 with my wife, six pumps. Uh. Six pumpies. Uh, what were the other ones? Have I seen a ghost? No. You're not going to talk about your virginity? No, no. I already, I already feel bad enough for that young lady. <laughs> oh. What were the other ones? Will you say how old you were? You don't have. This isn't Stern. <laughs> this is, have you ever done anal? That's not the show. I yeah. haven't done Stern <laughs> yet. Uh, what, what, what were the other ones? Ghost? Have you seen a ghost? Uh, no. You believe in ghosts? No. Really? Yeah. Would you like to meet one? They're not normcore enough for me. You know, they're not so within my funny. my lines, you know, that I can define them by. Right. So it's like if it, so then it doesn't. What exist. if I was like, this uh, garage that we're in is haunted, and every day at uh, two fifteen there's a, like a poltergeisty sort of feel. Hmm. And uh, would you would you let me leave you in here? Would you be okay with that? Yeah, I do think that the one thing is I think I I oh my buddy got a house he was renting it and it was like three hundred dollars a month <laughs> and we were like oh my god like this house on wonderland is only three hundred dollars a month and it was the wonderland murderer's house <laughs> just they didn't tell him and, you know like so 18 people or something had died there or been murdered at this house but you know it was a nice house i went in there and i <laughs> but, but you know nice house. that's always been like great water pressure it's right on <laughs> it's right on the um the fence for me is would I? And that's how much that? I don't believe, but I still must believe a little bit if I probably wouldn't buy a house nice and cheap because eighteen people were murdered there. Yeah, well, that's also psychologically real. You know what I mean? Ghosts, I mean, I the mean, phenomenon of ghosts, whether or not they're real, there's no doubt that the psychological reality, re- reality that something happened in that house would weigh on you. Yes, maybe, in your that's, memory. maybe that's what it is. Maybe I don't believe in ghosts, but I do have. It doesn't have to be supernatural right. to go like, oh no. Right, right. Yeah. 
constantly. Yeah, so probably won't get that house. You're going to buy it? Um, I just, uh, no, I can't. Well, no. You might? Did you think about it? I don't know how censored I am on this show. <laughs> it's like, I'm talking about everything else. What jokes can't you make? What jokes do you get shit for on this show? Do you get shits for anything? We don't. No, I always worry. I'll wake up the night before we release this episode. Mm-hmm. It's like a weird superpower I didn't know I had before. And I think about the thing it. you said that you regret on the show. I'll remember. Right. Katie will get texts. Poor Katie. Oh, and you'll edit it out? I'm pretty good about getting it to you before. The things that she'll edit out. Um, like I made that one David Duke joke. Look, I wrote it right here. David Duke emojis. You can yeah. leave this part in. <laughs> but I was like, I wrote it down to just you know go like, wrong, I right? don't know if I want to make that joke. Yeah, I would cut that out, yeah. You think it's okay? You liked it okay? Oh, hey, it's on you, man. It's your podcast. Yeah, I just wrote it down as a question. I just don't know why you have all this other Nazi paraphernalia all over your garage so here. funny. I mean, I had, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, you'd be surprised. That's one of the liberating things about it is that... Um, like Nadia Boltzweber came out today. This uh, She's a Lutheran author, pastor. She's amazing. And we talked about um, unwanted thoughts. So mm. in that discussion, I shared unwanted thoughts. Oh, wow. Whoa. And then I was like, I, so I was worried about that this morning. And did you include them? Yeah, we included them. Because the point was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. these are ugly feelings. So that's what I meant to say earlier. The thing I've noticed having on great comedians that I respect that I normally wouldn't have hung out with, but I don't feel any pressure to be uh, funny with them on my show. Yeah, I mean, we are. I mean, I've had fun with them because they're naturally yeah. funny people. But it's not like I'm trying to, you know. You start. You walk into some comedy store or whatever, and you start. I don't even know the language. Wait, what's that called? The, the comedy, comedy store. There is the comedy store, but it's called a comedy club. Club. You walk into a club and you start getting amped a little bit, right? Because these other people are there and they yeah. kind of bring you to this other level, right? Yeah. I don't feel that on my show. It's kind of whatever level I want it to be. And what I've noticed is that the only thing all the great comedians have on that we've had or have in common is they're crazy honest. Yeah. It's just, I know that's part of the gig, but I never yeah. understood that it went outside of people's comedy into like, they're just so honest with themselves. It's really- I've noticed that that's true, not just with comedians, but a lot of creators are just going <laughs> to be like, if you- so I wrote a book. If you write a book, I mean, that's even more personal than hmm. this podcast. It's just this great, it's a liberation exercise. You just go like, well, there it is. And then you but then actually don't you edit feel, some of it out? Like what I feel is good about this is it just kind of, it flows out, right? Yeah. But then you realize that like there's nothing really to be afraid of. That's it. Yeah, that's it. It's been amazing because like you and uh, just a couple of the other people who I... Especially some of them I didn't like. I didn't know Chelsea Peretti, and I thought she was. Yeah, and we, we she wasn't trying to be funny. We were just having an honest conversation about stuff. It yeah. was funny because she's she so can't honest. Help but be funny, but she was so honest. It was so. Uh, it's just an interesting thing to see that runs throughout these people yeah. who've made it to a certain level in comedy. They just, they just, but you know, Adam McKay was that way too. Like, and that was somebody that I felt like at his level, you might get afraid of what you have to lose. You know, because you're this Academy Award winning person. Yeah, but it's almost like, but the thing that makes you so good, that, you know, that makes him so good. That's what I mean, that, is that he's just like, here it is. You have to be on it. Yeah, here exactly. it is. Yeah, absolutely. So with that in mind, how how old were you? <laughs> oh, when I lost my virginity? <laughs> okay, uh, you don't have I was to. probably, you know, 18. Like, it was it was late. Yeah. I was 20, 21. 
So. Well, I mean, I wasn't marrying anyone, so <laughs> yeah. If I had to marry someone, it would have been probably later than that. I was almost. I was gonna get. We got married a year later. Oh, you did have sex and then get married. Yeah, oh. the most Christian thing I've ever done in my life was had sex with my wife, my ex-wife, before we got married, and then we stopped. Wow. To like save it, like do it again properly yeah. <laughs> for the wedding night. That's that's real evangelical right there. And did that feel better? No, I had, I didn't have. No, but on the sex. wedding night, did it feel? Oh yeah, because you had. It was the second time you ever had sex. It was on your wedding night. Well, wasn't this, no? We had sex for a while. Oh, and then you stopped. And then we stopped. Oh, that makes no sense. But you know what? I was relieved to stop because mm-hmm. it took me. I was just talking to a, a sex witch at a party last night, and we were talking about how much work she does with evangelicals. It wasn't as weird. At work. Lindsay Lohan is working with evangelicals. <laughs> You're fun. See. You're fun. He's trying to think of someone better. It was, that was great. The right one. What's who's Leave the better Lindsay sex Lohan. Who's the better sex witch joke? I liked it. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't have. You could go um, Emma Stone and just like confuse, <laughs> confuse everybody. Yeah, hey, I'm like, uh, like such. It's a too sweet... long a story. I can't get into it. <laughs> you know Emma Stone? No, no oh. not at all. Oh, I, I was just saying, if you tell it that way, you then have to be like, trust me. Yeah, man, I like, see. Emma's like that. You know? Yeah, you you don't have no idea. <laughs> But I, we were talking about how, like, there's so much deprogramming involved that, like, to get to a place where you feel okay having sex. That's why. Right. And she was like, she's like, I have a 300 person waiting list. And she's like, it's all evangelicals, ex evangelicals. I even think there's a level of, like, um, just people who don't have that, who are just, like, I feel like I'm totally. having better sex now at 40. Because there's, there's a programming that just comes with being in, like, society. Or, and American, too. Yeah, being American. Well, there was right, a guy at the right. party from Spain, and I can't do his accent, but he was hilarious. He was just like, these hang up. You think it's religion, but it's also your culture. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah. Well, the culture is religion, right? So it's like... I mean, he made yeah. my vagina wet. <laughs> I was just like... Well, well, I've been having orgies since I was uh, five yeah. years old. Like, we, that's what... When you say sleepover, that's what we mean. <laughs> we have red wine with Coca-Cola, one cigarette, and then orgy. And that was just <laughs> and that's what second we did. grade. And that was church camp. <laughs> and we're like, yeah. wow. They don't have church camp over there. That's what, that's what you're saying. That's in, that's no, a, but I mean like even their American church camp. Would, yeah, that, like they would be like, Jesus is in the orgasm. You know what I mean? Like they would be like, like uh, that is uh, oh how you God. say all in the game. <laughs> oh, God. Um, psychedelics? Uh, I mean, I've hallucinated from eating pot, pot but that's not it, right? No, that counts. It's a, no pot is a great story for you, dude. Here great anecdote I haven't told in years, but it's one of my best. Being so normcore is one of my better stories. So I took it so seriously. I was so cool runnings on that show. I was the guy in the bathtub. I don't even know if I had to be, but I was. I really didn't want to. You know, you go if this show doesn't work out, I'm going to be back like at USC and not have any friends. Like it was like right. it wasn't like some other show I was going to try out for. I didn't right. have an agent or anything. My son. <laughs> He would have taken. If you got canceled, he would have gone. My son, my son. My son. We should have made him do that when I left the show. That would have been fun. And the mom is going. He's all right. He's, he's all right. right. He's fine. He's fine. Like, it's one of the. St- I had to make a joke out of it because slow it used to make me cry. They put it in ultimate slow motion. Just like, there's no slower motion than him. Remember that? It yeah. Just, in his bathroom. Peter Weir. Peter Weir is one of the greatest directors I think of all time. Yeah. So you made it weird. He made it weird. That's his show. That's right. <laughs> it's so, this podcast, but in slow motion. <laughs> Oh, that would be long, yeah. Yeah, that would be a long one so, as we round into the second hour here. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, what was I even You're saying? You're talking about Pete? eating pot. Oh, okay. Here's my anecdote. Uh, 
so I got off Seventy Show, which is uh, really synonymous with pot, and I never smoked. Yeah. And uh, no one did. That was a very, like, weirdly, like, everyone behaved set. And then I was at a party, like, later that summer. I, not a party, like a, uh, a thing called the Butterfly Ball, which is like a thing for charities where they give money to charities and every head of every studio is there. Like, you don't want to go up on stage and say the wrong thing. Luckily, I didn't have to go up on stage. Right. But I, you know, it's like you're nervous. There's so many important people there. Right. It was in a, someone's insane backyard. It was under the stars, this black tie event. And this girl sitting next to me was one of the kids who'd been helped out from all these like get off drug programs, ironically. <laughs> and she said like, uh, we're like listening to people on stage and so it was loud, but she said, do you want a breath strip? And I, it was like something like that. And I go like, what? She says, it's a breath strip. And I said like, oh, I need a breath strip? And she said, yeah. And I said, okay. And then she goes, uh, I, I grabbed it from her and she goes, do you want half? It's really strong. And like a fucking rock star, I was like, babe, like, I think I can handle an entire breath strip. And I just popped it in. I was like swishing it into my gums and really make, because it was minty. So, okay. Check this out. I'd never been high. I was. I had a full sheet of THC, so it wasn't like just a it was THC. Like sheet. Twelve brown pot brownies, by the way. I mean, it was like it was like the you know like having like a full sheet of uh, brownies, and I didn't think I'd had drugs. So you were dosed. I was dosed, but I didn't even know what being high was. So <laughs> even though so many circle shots, my yeah, well yeah, but I didn't know, and also this wasn't smoking pot this was like eating I, this was eating pot this is where you think a lot you're of dead it. yeah a lot of it so my buddy luckily my best friend was there and he was across the table from me and they i think they gave me prime rib and everyone else they only had the v- vegetarian thing you know left and i was like and so he made some joke like oh because you're on tv you get the prime rib and i was like can i talk to you aside for a second and he was like oh okay and we got aside he's like hey sorry about the joke about the meat and i was like don't worry this isn't about the meat um and you were you, starting to feel it yeah i was like i need you to just be really really serious with me for a second he was like okay i was like is there lava coming out of the back of my head and he goes no and i said uh can you look <laughs> and so he peeked around and he goes nope no lava and i was like oh phew so you need to slow this you need to peter weir this story yes you eat the breath strip so my personal We're experience looking is I ate 30 minutes strip. later, you feel euphoria. The first thing you must feel is nope. good. What I felt was um, I grabbed my glass, you know, my ice water glass, and I'm drinking it. And then I feel myself pick it up. And I was like, wait, wait, that's the wrong order. Like that didn't... First you pick it up, then that's you drink it. That's a great right? detail. And then, and you know, you're, you're really trying to cling to your, your soberness because you, right. you think you're... I didn't even know... By the way, when I said that thing about lava, my buddy was like are you high? And I was like, no. He's like, I, something's wrong. Cause that's not a normal question. And I was like, I guess not. And then, uh, <laughs> Donna Langley, who's like the nicest, who's now like the head of universal came up to me and was like, and the head of CIA Langley, what? Langley, Virginia. It's a Jason Bourne joke. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, cool. Sorry, man. Um, <laughs> that was for Matt Damon. He's a big fan. Oh, Langley is Virginia. just, so they go like, when this gets down to Langley, that's what right. they mean by the... Hey, so I got to take off. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, the, the, she came up to me and said... You, picks you up on a hoverboard. It's a very powerful person in Hollywood is the point. And she said, uh, it was like, good to see you tonight. And then 
kissed me on the cheek, and it took like 20 minutes. Like she was just coming in closer and closer and closer. And I was like, okay, I mean, I was like, am I gonna... and then my buddy was like, let's get out of this party, dude. Like you're, it was great. I knew her well enough that I called her the next day and was like, hey, by the way, I got dosed. That night I was so high. I, I slept at my buddy's house because we didn't know what was going on. I still didn't know. With it wasn't until I was trip. sober that I put it together. Oh, this girl, whatever. So I stayed on his couch and he gave me like a blanket and I couldn't sleep the whole night because the, the pattern on the blanket kept singing to me. Oh. And I kept, so he said he'd come into the room and I'd be like, shh, like to the blanket the whole night. Like, quiet. Oh, did, at any point did you start Cool Runnings and just go with it? Cool, what does that mean? Just ride with it. Oh, yeah. The next day I was still, I mean, imagine, dude, I never drank and I never done drugs. And then you do more drugs than anyone you know has ever done. Yeah. You know, in that form. Did you a John Cocker dose? Uh, man, I, Joe I, Cocker. I, I, yeah, I feel like I'm not getting any of these references, but it, it's that I'm stupid, not No, that, Joe Cocker, you know Joe Cocker. Yeah, but what he did some crazy amount of drugs? a lot of drugs, yeah. Oh, it's just because just he's a druggie is what you're saying. He used a lot of drugs, yeah. Right. Um, after that Langley one, I'm like nervous. Because <laughs> I should have known that one. I've seen all the Bourne movies. Yeah, I don't think so. Right. But, uh, I think you're off the hook. That was my... The next day you were still high and, and you kind of enjoyed it a little yeah, bit? Yeah, that one I just rode the ride and was... I remember that it was the... I didn't think I was going insane anymore. Did you... What did you do? Eat? Uh, what did do I do now? Did you, no, I mean when you were high. Were you, oh, yeah, I ate. I remember someone brought over edamame and I was like, oh my God, get it? Like edamame? Like boop, like boop. <laughs> 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 Nobody got it. Like I was sitting there for hours just laughing at like... I've never thought of it, but like edamame, you know, like like boop. Like you just got to boop. <laughs> I still don't get it. I don't either. <laughs> but I in that state, I like really got it, man. Edible, There's no joke yep, there. No. I was just like the whole afternoon, boop. like guys, I can't believe you're not getting this. Like, boop. get it? Like, boop. You just kind of. <laughs> Love it. And now, and now I'll. I'm totally not straight edge, but I don't even mean to be. I, I'm sure if I did one more year of college, I would have. Pledged to some fraternity or something, you know, gotten wasted or whatever. But just because of that, like experience, I got a little. So that was the only one. Oh no! I since then I've had you know the guy who your buddy who bakes the wrong kind of Rice Krispie treats and he put in too much shit in the butter and then you're you've eaten that. Yeah, you know, and then you're you. The thing I always do, always. My wife and I were in Amsterdam. We got one of those moon space cakes. cakes. Yeah, space cakes. I have a space cake story. Yeah. Everyone has a yeah, right, you know. Where what I mean? my girlfriend like, was freaking out. Is it in Amsterdam? Yeah. Oh wow. We were at Second City or Boom Chicago, and she was like, "Oh, was that in Amsterdam?" Yeah. That's and the she, thing. Seth Meyers did that, right? It's yeah. Like in Amsterdam, right, right? And she was like, "I, I, if I stop trying to breathe, I'll stop breathing." <laughs> and I was like, "I was like, relax. It's just the space kick. It's okay. Everything's fine. Like we're gonna be fine." But in my head, I was like, "She's absolutely right." <laughs> if I stop trying to breathe, we're both gonna die. Oh, if you, oh, you're both gonna, you're, no, you'll take her I, with you. Like, I think she's gonna die as well. It oh, was wow. horrible. Yeah, I had a, I've had a couple of those. With my wife, she's terrible. She'll come in and try to like film me or like <laughs> whatever. And I, but I, I never get paranoid. I, something about me, it's just not a. I just, I usually have fun. Really? Yeah. So now you've learned to enjoy it a little bit. Yeah, but I'm a late in life. Maybe that's what it is if you're kind of a late in life. Yeah, if you know who you are that's right. on a deep level. That's right. And I mean like really deep where like you're okay saying goodbye to 
how things are supposed to be. You can enjoy almost anything because you know you'll be back. Including death. Including death. All right. Well, this was great. Well, that does kind of lead us into our... You have a good psychic story? You ever see a psychic? Um, we just had someone come on the show. That was the Neil Brennan venture. We had a seance. And without giving too much away, it was the first time that someone said some stuff to me that I was like, wait, how did that person know that? Really? Now? Which I know is their job, but it really, it kind of fucked both me and Neil up because we were coming at it from such a... Cynical? Yeah, point skeptical. of view. And then, and then, uh, fuck, it was, that was crazy. And she didn't, she didn't seem like she was, it wasn't like she was an old crone. She was like our age kind of. And I was like, oh, this will be fine. And then, uh, and I was kind of, you'll hear on the episode, I was trying to disprove her a little bit. Not that I, that was my goal, yeah. but I was just like, come on, that's obvious. And then she said two or three things and it was to me. Well, were and they? I, I couldn't let go of my cynicism. I'm so married to my cynicism. I couldn't accept it. You need a divorce. What's that? You need to get a divorce from your cynicism. <laughs> yeah, but the divorce doesn't make you less cynical. Then you can marry belief. <laughs> your second marriage can be fun belief. Uh, yeah, it was... And every once in a while, you'll see your cynicism, and you'll have too much to drink, and you'll have sex again. Was, that's so true. That's so true. You what did you have say one of those, to you? Once you break up with uh, your second wife, which is... Uh, Val? No, I'm talking... Your metaphor. How dare you? Uh, I can't... <laughs> I can't enter your metaphor? <laughs> I'm sorry. This is a me-only metaphor. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, you're on the outside. There's a velvet rope around this metaphor. What did she say to you? People will still listen. I was like, she just, it's a long story. It's like, you know, but it was like, she's talking to my grandfather, and she said something that was literally my mind at that moment. And then it, it fucked Neil up because he was like, wait, are you good at this? Like, it was great. He said, it, well, now that I know that you're good at this, let's try me. Because he had kind of, wow. he said, let's just do a, he did like prints or something. But then once we, once he saw my thing, he wanted to really contact someone. But, uh, but it, I have trouble, uh, I still had trouble, even though it was working. I was, she was doing it to me. She even said, what more do you need to see? And I was like, I don't know, like, these eight unfiltered hours of you telling me all the things that I've never, you know what I mean? It's just so hard for me to believe. Right. That's so Interesting. Interesting. I had a psychic know the pet name I had for a girlfriend, and the pet name was um, Boog. Not a common pet name. She goes, who's Boog? Did she say, oh, who's Boog? That's what they do. I told this on our and podcast. Go, who's Boog? When I did SNL, there was a sketch that that didn't go... All the best sketches don't even make it to dress rehearsal. You know, you read like 50 sketches. and. By the way, I'd like to point out, we weren't writing on people's Facebook wall like, hey, Boog. It was a very private nickname. Uh, Just to the skeptics yeah. listening. This is for fun. To your point. There was a sketch, I forget who wrote it, but I thought it was brilliant. We didn't even, you know, it didn't even get up on its feet or whatever, where uh, I'm John Edwards, you know that, or, or like John Edwards, yeah. where he just sit in front of a crowd and go, something red, you know, something. Yeah. And then someone said, uh, you know, my grandfather's sweater was red. And he goes, you, you know what I mean? But it must yeah. have been what I, yeah. and I never, I still, I, got, I get the premise of the sketches. I never get why they can't get more than. Red. Like, you know, or like well, the that, number three or whatever. I've looked that up. Some people would accuse John Edwards of doing a cold reading, is what it's called. Oh. Where if it was you and Katie, I'd be like, "Somebody, I'm getting something with water. Somebody passed with water." But like, yeah, I mean, like yeah. anyone. The end of the sketch was basically, I'm in the crowd and you see the ghost, and the ghost <laughs> is just going grass. Hilarious. And, he, and I'm like, "Can I? Let me see. I'm getting something about grass." And he goes like, "The number four. <laughs> And I go, something, can we be more specific? And he goes, nope. 
<laughs> this dick ghost that's only giving me a couple clips. That's, that's a great idea. That's yeah. a great idea. Yeah. Um, what we always end by talking about the meaning of life. Do you have a normcore answer for the meaning of life? I'm just wondering. Just show up on time. Do your best work. No, <laughs> no, no. no I, I'm, I'm not punctual. even teasing you. What is the framework that you have for reality? What do you think is going on here? Oh wow. Well, do you have a, yeah, well. a, a well? You're model? asking the wrong person. I'm I. I did feel when you came on my show, this is why I wanted to come to yours, because I literally just wanted to talk to you for a while, because I love... No, seriously, your mind is so in this stuff. I guess I am a little avoidant uh, when it comes to this stuff, but I will tell you the closest I ever had to a religious experience was doing Our Town. I think that play is perfect, and being in it is unbelievable, and uh, that's the closest I ever... Do you know the play? No, not really. Our why Town. Why I say not really? Because I'm familiar with the words R in town. No, and you've heard of the play. Yeah, I've heard of it. It's done yeah. in every high school. It's actually not great to see, in my opinion. It's really great to be in or to read. Or to then to read and then be in was like a transformative... I mean, I'm talking mm-hmm. like I was in eighth grade or something, but it really changed my life, which is it. the first act... <clears throat> and the stage manager is a character. He's also kind of a godlike figure, but no scenery. I mean, there's like two ladders or something. And the first act is just about how uh, normal this town is that they, and they give you and they have like the editor of the newspaper come out and give you all these facts about this kind of fictional town in New Hampshire around the turn of the century. And then, but it's not fun turn of the century because no one's even in costumes, you know? So it's just kind right. of, there's nothing town. to eat. <clears throat> yep. Second yeah. act is, yeah. At the end of the first act you get, Oh, this boy lives next door to this girl. They like each other. Second act, they're getting married and the the stage manager is saying, you know, the first act was a day in the life. The second act is, you know, marriage and children and whatever. And so they flash back to them how they kind of got together. Then they show them getting married. It's still like relatively boring the whole show. It it, it mm. stops itself short of ever being um, like a great narrative kind of because it's just kind of a That's boring. the point. Yeah. Well, what happens in the third act is called death. And the narrator, you know, the stage manager comes out and he's talking to you about that and uh, there are chairs that are set up that are like um, gravestones. And some of the characters, you know, it's, time has gone by. So some of the characters you knew are sitting on these chairs. And then this girl who got married in the second act comes out and she just died in childbirth. And she's sitting on the stage with them and she starts talking to the other, you know, the funeral's going on, but she's talking to other people who are in their graves, essentially. And... Um, Thornton Wilder wrote it just has some really beautiful words about <clears throat> we all know something within us is eternal it's like it's like the most non-denominational idea of religion this play yeah but there's um, there's something all, all these people that are in their graves are trying to forget their life on earth and it takes a long time to do and they're all just sitting there very quietly it's like a Buddhist and, idea that's why they cremate yes, he spent a lot of time in yeah. China I think when he was a yeah. kid so it's like they cremate so you get detached from your body faster. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Well, this guy, he wrote a lot of amazing plays, but um, the thing that makes this one such a classic is she then realizes she can go back into her life. Cool. So when she's in this grave, she goes, I-, I just thought about being on the farm with my husband and I was just there for a second. And this woman she knows is there says, don't do it. Like, don't go back there. You can. And she's asked the stage manager who now she can talk to you know, like, can you know, why can't I go back? And he says, you can go back to whenever you want, but you will see what people don't know, which is that 
I mean, that you're eternal. Yeah, my uh, no, my definition of the plane. This is just mine. Is that you are in heaven essentially? Like, and that's what really moved me about it. And she, Wait, when she was dead, <clears throat> she was in heaven. No, when she was alive, she was in. Heaven. That's really what it's about. Oh. So she does. She chooses to go back to her thirteenth birthday, and um, this. Uh, productions are different of it. I saw, I think, the best production ever, which is this David Cromer production in New York, where they had no scenery and no sets and no costumes. And then they pull back this curtain and it's a deep set of this kitchen. And everyone's in period uh, garb and there's snow snowing outside and they even were frying bacon backstage in this production I saw. Wow. So you're smelling it. This mom's cooking breakfast and... She kind of re-enters her body. She can also talk to the stage manager, but she just lives this, just another normal, boring day. Uh, you know, for, I guess she's turning 13, so that's interesting. But the mom's kind of yelling at her to get to school. And then she breaks down at the end and says, oh my God, I never, and she gives this list of things. You know, I never appreciated warm baths and mm. um, you know, the smell of bacon in the morning and autumn leaves. And, you know, and then she goes back and she says, okay, don't worry, I won't ever try to, she says to everyone in this graveyard, I won't try to go back. I'm just going to sit here now and, you know, it was too painful. And I, I just think it's the greatest fucking thing ever written. It's just about like, I mean, everyone has a different definition. So my definition is that, you know, this is heaven right now. Um, and uh, w- look, my wife and I are agnostic, so it's not like we're very spiritual. But that play, it's funny, since I was in that, I've never really worried about death or anything. Hmm. But that's a you know great wow. piece of literature. Yeah, It's one of my favorite Normally, the God section, I'm a little bit guilty of talking too much. <laughs> Sorry, <dude. laughs> No, me. No, I know. Sorry to... No, not... A, I, I don't... Here's what people might not know is I, I don't really want to do it, but I want to sort of bounce ideas off the person and, and, and mm. coax out some of their ideas. And often that happens, but often it'll just be me talking. And I, that's one of my favorite God answers ever. Oh, thanks, man. I, what I did it, I did it twice. The first time I did it in eighth grade, um, there was a teacher who was an English teacher, Mr. Levinson, at my middle school, and no one was going to do the play. So there just wasn't going to be a play that year. And I was so passionate about acting. I mean, I didn't see myself as an actor at the time, but I just loved being in these high school, middle school plays. And... I convinced this guy who'd been my English teacher the year before, who's an amazing guy. Like I could tell from his classes how much I loved him to direct this play. Mm. And then he did it. And we'd, uh, he said it in, in our town. I grew up in Darien, Connecticut. So it was, we were, we were saying it was, um, well, it's based on Petersburg, but it's, uh, Grover's Corners, I think. I always mix it up with It's a Wonderful Life. But basically, It's a Wonderful Life is our town. If you've ever mm-hmm, seen that movie, it's mm-hmm. kind of the same thing. So um, uh, he used, when the stage manager's talking, he used slides of our actual town we were in to kind of try to affect the audience and say, this is about you. And every night... That's a nice idea. I've never told this story before to anyone. I mean, I guess I've told talked to my mom about this. But like every night we would... I would finish rehearsals. It's probably why I wanted to be an actor. Even I didn't pursue it, but like I'm so happy to be in it. I'd then stay and we'd talk for like, this is one of those great teachers. You know, we talked for like, you know, an hour and a half or something about the meaning of life. I mean, my idea is the meaning of life in like at 13 must have been so horrible. <laughs> and this guy, you know, filtered through this play. I was like getting it and, 
you know, I, it was like, that's the most, when I think about education, that's the most someone ever, and it wasn't in the classroom. It was crazy. Right. And then when I went back, I was in, I think I, I had started 70s show. So it was like, he was really tickled that I had had success. And I went and took him to lunch and he was older now. And, uh, and that's what we were talking about is how like, it's just, this is heaven. Like, right. And a, tr- a school teacher, like the salary that guy was on and the, the, the extra mile that he the extra do. mile yeah. he was doing. I mean, he must've thought it was, he- you know, there's no other excuse. And, uh, that's right. He, he, I mean, what I'm getting from what you're saying is a belief that I have, which is living presently is eternity and is heaven. That's right. That's right. And that's and, what Jesus said. And basically, you know, who knows? I mean, it works for both people who think it goes black when you die and people who don't, it's all the same. Do you know what I mean? Like right. it's really a perfect, uh, encourage anyone to, Read it, and if it's boring at the beginning, stick with it because right. it's supposed to like the I whole like point is that are boring on purpose. Yeah, well, the audience the at the end goes, "Oh, did I take the whole play for granted up until then?" You know, like, right? Like your life. Yeah, that's no. what I mean. Like, I mean, that's one of the great things that art can do. A great movie. I, I notice whenever I watch a Wes Anderson movie, the next time I wash my hands just seems so much more interesting. <laughs> I have that when I come out of Transformers movies into the parking lot. I'm like, oh. Whoa. Yeah, it wakes up, it wakes up your imagination a little bit. Yeah, and all the cars are just sitting there. I'm like, come on, <laughs> who's gonna who's gonna go first? Yeah, it shows you the potential. I, I think that's beautiful. I have nothing to add. Never happens. Whoa! All right, I beat you at the religious stuff. You won. Who knew that was gonna happen? <laughs> no, I want them to. I want the other person to win. If you want to hear my beliefs, listen to any other episode. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what about the hardest time you've ever laughed? Do you know? Uh, oh, fuck. Um, whoa, that's like really something. Uh, well, definitely one of the times I was high, especially that time I didn't know what the fuck was going on. <laughs> but let's say it's not the induced. By, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you guys aren't getting that, then just get high and order a little edamame. I love the feeling. I haven't been stoned in a long time, actually, but I can remember the feeling of like, don't you get it? Edamame. Or, Boop. yeah, why don't you get, like... I mean, think about it, though. I get it, kind of. I get it. <laughs> no, I, I get say, it. Okay, not being high, which is a way more important type of laugh, right? I suppose. Is, uh... uh I think there was a guy that, in sixth grade, that, you know, I was just... I was, like... <laughs> I, I didn't become funny because I wanted to be a comedian. Like, I became funny because I didn't know any other way to... Maybe that is how all people do it. But, like... Yeah. I was reading like a lot of the far side. Like I was trying to even understand what yeah. humor was. Yeah, far side was And huge. then there was a kid in my, in a class, uh, English class I was in, and we'd start laughing. And it was the idea that it was inappropriate to be laughing. Church laugh. Yeah. And man, I remember just crying and the teacher yelling at us and then we're laughing harder. And I, man, I haven't thought of that in years. Yeah. It, you need steaks. It's like my pee felt so good because I held it, right? Yeah. It's true spring winter but like one of my hardest laughs of my life i haven't talked about this one in a while was it was actually with my ex-wife it was a double date and we were in the what is it called it's like capitol hill or something there's like an italian part of rhode island 
Providence, I think, that's supposed to be really fancy, some of the best Italian mm. food in the world. So we went to this restaurant, and there was this guy, and he just looked like a stoner, but he was wearing like a red tuxedo. Wow. <laughs> so like already, he was just yeah. kind of funny. Yeah. Like it's like when you see through the illusion, you're like, you're just some guy. <laughs> like he looked like a guy I went to high school with named David Drawn, and I was like, David Drawn put on a fucking red tuxedo. Like the outfits what did it right? He's yeah. pretending to be a fancy waiter, but he had like a scraggly goatee and long hair, right. and he just. Looked like a child right. and he was pretending to be a fancy waiter and that was already funny and he was just kind of talking about the specials whenever i tell the story i feel bad because that is a performance and i was laughing but it wasn't really at him it was just at the absurdity of edamame right it was just like this is funny right. and i i was trying to get it together and look at him i was like just look at him because i was very aware that i was being rude and it's awkward and me and my friend are just laughing and i don't even know if he knows why i'm laughing and that makes it funnier and then i finally mustered up the strength to like stop laughing like when we were playing the home game and i looked at him right when he turned to me and went he's talking about like a clam dish and he goes and that's baked in the oven (laughs) i the idea that he was calling it the oven and that's baked in the oven not like we bake it. Oh, were you looking it's for like, a specific joke from me? Like no, something? I wasn't. Oh, okay, okay. Because there's I, no wrong way to eat a Reese's. That's all right, a great all right. answer. And it made me think of this one. They don't have to be great stories. This is this, by the way, is not a great story. Right. But I, I still remember the look on his face that he was kind of trying not to laugh, and he look he locked on eyes with me on the oven, and I just. I was gone. I, I, I was just like, there's no more trying to not laugh. It just became a huge laugh. I'm going to tell you the time I laughed the hardest. I, and, and it's not a great story either. I can't remember what the exact joke is. Um, at the beginning of 70s, I got to sit in the writer's room of, this is before it was on the air, mm. with the writer's room of Third Rock, because there was the same creators of those shows. And some of those writers, like, first of all, they didn't, uh, I wasn't, uh, on TV, they weren't writing on my show. Like there was no reason for that. And I said something. I don't remember what it was, but I tried to like glom onto one of their jokes, and they just went to town. I mean, the whole room just ripped me apart. But one guy, <laughs> they just, made fun of you for trying. Yeah. No, and and I was that was. I've never been uh, so young, but around so many brilliant people. I mean, that's the youngest I'll ever be because it was just at the beginning. And they uh, they were ripping me apart, and I was crying. I was laughing so hard. I was like, what? An ex- like, what is Hollywood going to be? You know what I mean? Like, but it really, it really was. It was, and you know, the guys on my show, I'm sure they made fun of me, but not to my face. You know what right. I mean? Like, That's these guys. The honesty just that you enjoy. Went nuts. And like, it was really, <sighs> yeah. It also gave me a healthy respect for the writer's room from that moment on. Right. Yeah. yeah. You should look at them like a bunch of, you're like going on a shooting range, basically. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah. It always actually bugged me a little bit. The writers on 70s would be nice to me because I was like, I, I, you know what I mean? Like, I know, I not know that they didn't like me, but just that, like, be real. Like, was that a bad take? And they'd be right. like, it's great. I was like, come on. like Right. Well, that's probably why uh, compliment time. Are you ready? Wear your Hit compliment me. hat. That's why you seem like a real dude and you're grounded and you're, and yeah. you're centered and balanced. And that's nice because if we start to believe it, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I had the benefit of being the writer, creator, producer of my show. So, one of the stories I never told on Late Night, but I had in my little phone for a late night panel story, was that the director, Gillian, came up to me, and I saw her script, and she was directing me. It was a scene with Ray Romano, if you saw that episode. And I saw in her script she had written, Pete needs to be funnier. <laughs> How did she deliver it, though? 
I saw it and I go, Pete needs to be funnier. And oh. at that point, I had been so depersonalized for myself. It was a very, right. it was a it real was. extraction, especially playing yourself, exercise. Right? Yeah, or some version of yourself, right? Yeah. I we in the edit, I would just be like, um, you'd basically, I talk about myself in the third person. I'd be like, I don't believe Pete here. His, wow. his performance sucks here. <laughs> it was like, that's how you would survive. But it was, yeah. a, and if you look at. Uh, spirituality so much of it is to try not to identify with your personality so it was like a deeply effective boot camp and going like yeah pete does need to be funnier as opposed to maybe before i was doing the show i would be like hey you don't know what it's like out there i'm like no yeah pete needs to be funnier for the story because in that scene he's supposed to impress ray romano and and he's supposed to give him advice why would he do that unless i was being funny i wish it had been in the script but then i had to like riff something funny was it funny it's funny enough. It's funny enough, man. We shot a lot of stuff. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, once you see that note, you go, strap in, we're going to be here we all go. night, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a good thing we shot on film because you could only do like one burst. You shot that on film? Yeah, so you'd have 15 minutes Why in the reel. Why would you shoot on film? Because Judd wanted it to look beautiful. He wanted it to look like a movie. I mean, it did. I Black Klansman we shot on film, which, but it was more because it was like the 70s, I think. Right. Like, I just... I mean, look, Judd knows better than I, but like for me, for comedy, like you want digital. Well, I just love to just go and go riff and riff and riff. I love the way it looked. And I think that was as important. Does Judd shoot everything on? No. Okay. So he does stuff on digital. I think girls was digital. Yeah. It must've been. I'm pretty sure it was, but I think especially, nope. He loves New York on film. That's what it was. (laughs) He wanted it to look like, uh, Maybe not a Woody Allen movie, but that comes to mind. Uh, Predator noted. Which which Woody Allen film would you think of? Oh, come on, man. Come on. <laughs> That's so funny. You know, we watched Annie Hall, and we didn't realize, I say this, I love Greta Gerwig, and then we watch Annie Hall, and we're like, oh, Greta Gerwig loves Annie Hall. You know what I mean? Yeah, but there are, there a, are, lot a, lot of, of, there are a lot of actresses. A lot of actresses yeah. came to life when they saw Diane Keaton. Yeah, just in the same way that we're like fat guy in a little coat, Bill. Uh, yeah, I remember. I got a note. It's so nice. This is the nicest thing ever. I got a note from Michael J. Fox when In Good Company came out, and it was the nicest. Like, hey, I know you're doing my thing. Note. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, it wasn't even that. It was just I like, love hey, it. Great work. You're terrific, or something. But I was like, I mean, clearly he was like, this is worth. You know, clearly this kid worships me. You know, type of thing. Fun. Yeah. Also, he was on a sitcom too, and then he did movie. You know, when Brian, Brian Regan sent me a DM on Twitter, and it meant the world to me that he yeah. was like, "You're funny," and I was like, "I I've been ripping you off for a long time." Yeah, I'd like to think I'm not we... doing it anymore, but every once in a while, <laughs> like, well, I'll, I'll you got to start somewhere. You really, I mean, of course, uh, yeah, everyone has to pick your ripoffs well. That's right. Sometimes That's people right. send me t- uh, videos from the road, and they're like, "My opener's doing you," and I'm like. Good for them. And what do you think when you watch it? I'm honored. But do you? I go. Really you're only honored, or do you go? That's not a good like version. No, I I go. This pro- person's probably five, six, seven years in, and it'll wash off around ten. Right. Or people will go, or they'll never break break right. through. Right. Well, you in order to break through, you gotta. You gotta At some point, you that. go like, okay, I'll keep that Pete does this, but I'll add that I do this. And can then, I make a couple suggestions? Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, no, I wouldn't change a thing. You're a gentleman. You're a gentleman and a scholar. Can I tell a funny story? Yeah. We were at this party last night and we were playing. They were musicians. It was so fun. It was around a fire pit. And they gave me a drum. My friend gave me a drum. 
And it was so awesome. And I was doing this thing where I was like, fuck this shit. Joy is free. I live in an abundance model. I'm not going to be afraid that I'm not a musician and these are all musicians. Oh, they were, they were all musicians. Yeah, and I'm going to play this drum. And I did a great job, I thought. And then I, I've never really been in an impromptu jam. Hmm. So kind of in between the jams, I'd keep like, like just kind of yeah. staying fresh on that bongo. <laughs> just kind of like, I was like... Who, I, anyone else want to join my new beat? I thought that's what right. might happen. Like I was just, And we're just kind of talking and I'm just kind of like, maybe this will lead to something. Mm-hmm. And at one point, the guy from Brazil was like, stop it. <laughs> he told me to stop and kind of made a face that I was painting him. And boy, this is why I love Val. I was like, she said in the car, I was like, I go, I was a little embarrassed that that guy told me to stop playing the drum. These are the risks we take. Right. And, uh, and she goes, well, I am you. So I felt embarrassed too. Oh, wow. But then we, t- we That's discussed, very sweet. yeah, yeah. Isn't she the best? But I, we discussed like, how that that's that's just a risk you run sometimes in life you go i am love and love is available to me and i'm going to play this drum and a very groovy beautiful person from uh spain kind of embarrasses you yeah but, <laughs> but you know what it's okay you might run into more of that because you're so i feel like and i felt like this watching you before i knew you but i also feel like this when you came on my show and here is that you you have a real uh like part of your DNA is putting yourself out there. Yeah, that's right. And so you, pro- sadly, you're the one who should be burned the least because that's a, such a great quality that everyone wants to have. But you probably get burned more. Yeah, you do. But uh, I'm really, glad yeah. you just play through because, like, I mean, who gives a shit? Like, <gasps> no one. Like the Brazilian guy, he's dead. He died this morning in a car accident. He's Spanish, but yeah. Oh, he's Spanish. He's from Spain. Oh, well, he got hit by the the Brazilian. Yeah, guy. they got. They both. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> fuck that guy. <laughs> I didn't really feel fuck that guy, but I had to own the feeling of embarrassment. I had to just go like, oh, wow, it's been a while since I've... And it was so subtle and fast. I don't think other Isn't people that Getting knew. married, especially, and then having a kid, which is, I think, truly getting married, yeah. right? Is like... Or it's the true... It's double married, thing, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, that, to me, what it's done to performance and stuff is, like, unbelievable. You're right. I think if I hadn't had more important things going on, literally, my baby, I'd be like... But yeah, more about a ton of things. Yeah, me too. I, and now more, I'm just like, this is fine. It's like, I'm not doing comedy, but like I am. It's putting yourself out there sometimes in really dangerous ways, and I mean that's what acting. It's kind of the same thing. No, it is. I realized with the book, I saw somebody, somebody uh, somehow got. They must be in the press, and they tweeted something kind of nasty about my book, and I was like, oh right, there is a risk. You know what I mean? There's always that, that be only a risk means what's so yourself. great about that is you're feeling so comfortable. That, that I you, forgot there was forgotten. A risk. I kind of feel that way too. It's very rare that. Uh, that well, it was my fault for looking on Twitter. Somebody alerted yeah, me to it, and I was like, right. "Why did you even email me this?" But um, <laughs> then you should cut that guy out too. <laughs> Not just social media, but the guy who emails you, like, so you know. There's a couple people like that weird showbiz people that'll be like, "Hey, this guy's shitting on you." I was like, "Why are you?" Yeah, don't worry, I have that. It's just called my parents. <laughs> my brother will do that sometimes. He yeah. got wise to it. He stopped doing it. Now he'll send me nice things. Yeah. I'm like, I don't need help. I already have that voice in my head. Right. Yeah. I'm glad I told you the drum story. It wasn't that bad. And I actually, I, I don't harbor anger for the guy, but it was like, oh, right. I do. I don't like that. There would, you know, the movie. If you really meant it. I mean, it's one thing to say stop and not I'm going to do it, it as an acting thing. I'll do what he did. You're yeah, I'm just going to boop, 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 boop. It was just that. Oh, 
man, people can't see this, but that was the worst kind of blow off because it was like, I don't even have time to really spend on telling you to shut the fuck up, but please shut the fuck up. That was what that look was. Dude, I just Googled that. Uh, Do you know what that means? What does it? Um, Here comes the sun. Oh, Africa, brave Africa. No, it's like the prince. The prince is born. Uh, The prince is a lion. Whatever. My anecdote about that is at the uh, at Disney. If you go in to do, I'm sure you have gone and do one of those voices in one of their movies. Disney? Yeah. No. Well, you have to sing. You have to go in and sing live. I mean, if you're Will Smith, you got to go in and sing live. Like. Maybe not him, but, wow. but everyone else has to go in and to pick a song from the Disney catalog. So this is a couple of years ago. I've never gotten away with it now because I'm married and stuff, but there's a bunch of my friends and I were sitting around. I was single and they were like, we got a dare for you. Because I was like, I'm not going to get this. I'm not even that good a singer. And then I got to go in and, and sing one of the... So what song do I sing from the Disney catalog that's me? You know, like, there's nothing. You did that song? <clears throat> well, I went in... I remember the waiting room was hilarious. It was all just Disney people. Like they were kind of like, what are you doing in here? And then I went in and they said, we're going to sing first. And I said, oh, goody. You know, like that's not the part I'm really great at. And they said, uh, so um, what will you be singing? And I said, I'll be singing Elton John's song from The Lion King. Mazzabenia! Sevalissimo mo! Situa! Winya <laughs> and I didn't even know the rest of it because they were just they're behind glass so I was like then the people coming up the mountain and the lions and tigers and the zebras is that a giraffe the, <laughs> there's one of the background singers who goes is that a giraffe and he's holding up the baby it's a circle of life they were like please leave like I didn't even get to the whatever but it was I want to bet didn't say please leave no I want to bet and uh yeah. No, their attitude was very please leave. It was like, let's read, thank you, like get a, you know. Wow. But uh you know, y- your listeners can be the judge. That was a good <laughs> It's like Gilbert Gottfried at the beginning. It's Yago at the beginning. Yeah, I uh I didn't get it. <laughs> Spoiler. I'm not Olaf. <laughs> oh my god. All right, let's get out of here. You feel good? Dude, this is so much fun. I legit <laughs> Okay. I can get this for free. I don't have to do a podcast. Yeah, buddy. We'll do it. Oh, my wife had a crush on you in high school. What? Let's get out of here. Wait, 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 wait. It's true. <laughs> wait, slow down. <laughs> What'd you say, bro? <laughs> Maybe I need to get Val's phone. Oh, right? shit. Wait. Again, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm going to fuck your wife. Oh, no. Say Felicia, mama. Felicia, mama? Sit um, when you're here, I can't. I mean, that's like if you know Kelly Kapowski. What? You gotta you're saying a, I'm her Kelly Kapowski? <laughs> that's pathetic. If I'm her Kelly Kapowski, you gotta, you know, step up your game. Yeah, you, at you, least you gotta go look at your wife, Alfonso yeah. Claret oh, Slater. No, it's Albert Clifford <laughs> Slater. Cool it, Preppy. That's a two hour callback. Yo, mama. But I had a touchstone in the middle. Yo, mama. <laughs> Life is not a dress rehearsal. Jesse Spano's locker. Listen. And then it also, if you look real close, it's the script for uh, Showgirls is in her locker. <laughs> okay, come on. Okay, I sorry, I sorry to keep this going forever, but I had an idea for that Broadway show, What's which that? is Saved by the Bell, the musical. The first half is all the stuff you remember. 
right? It's like I'm so excited. And yeah. The, you know, Zach, what was the Zach band? Zach Attack. Yeah. And all that shit. And then the second half is this crazy, cha- like, big chill, like, reunion where, like, Jesse Spano became a stripper and, like, you know, AC Slater, like, became, like, a TV personality. Yeah. And Screech, you know, showed his dick to someone over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, porn. And it's, so it's, like, this weird meta version of them all coming back and, like, uniting. Yeah, I like that. All I'd right. buy a ticket to that. Would you say keep it crispy? It's how we end. The guest says keep it crispy. Because I'm going to do it, but I'm going to dedicate this one to Val. <laughs> Val, I didn't know I was your, her only high school crush or one of her many high school crushes? I think, let's, for the sake of the bit, you were her number one high school crush. I think you're just saying that, but I was her number one high school crush. And you're just saying that to protect yourself. No. And your feelings. No. This is not a drum moment. All right. Val? Hey, let me do it. Okay? I'm giving you a line. No, yeah. no. That's how it is. You used to say things like this to Val, but now I do. <laughs> okay. Hey, Val? Keep it very, very crispy. Excellent. <laughs> My G nine hundred shoes eight fifty. I'm so crispy. I'm so crispy. My ice cream make you haters wanna get.